This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 as we launch into another week of fun and excitement. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Over the weekend, we were discussing the swine flu silliness, and uh, we've been talking about it, of course, quite a bit recently, because people are scared. And uh, Obama has declared it a national emergency. And as we uh, determined... Over the weekend, and Guard, we actually found a document uh, that was written by the, gov- the government people themselves just gushing about how wonderful uh, the national mer- emergency is because it essentially allows them to carte blanche. do whatever they want to do. Yeah. And, of course, the, the discussion kind of centered for a little while at least around, well, is this actually constitutional? It seems to be, and so it's basically they're using these loopholes that were written into the Constitution to essentially... Whenever there's something that they can claim as a crisis, they just say, we've got a crisis. We need a national emergency. And then they pass a national emergency, which is just something that's either declared by the president or authorized by uh, the Congress people. Either way, there have been several of them declared over the last few decades, and many of our, many of them are still in effect. Yeah, and so, yeah. so, you know, the question becomes, well, if they didn't have the national emergency, they'd probably do these things anyway and just get away with them. But at least this way they can claim that what they're doing is fully constitutional. Yeah, uh, you know, far be it from me to be the guy who defends the Constitution as the be-all and end-all for freedom. But as far as it goes, I would I would heartily disagree uh, with anybody who says that these, these moves are constitutional. Uh, they are not constitutional. Uh, there is no provision in the Constitution that gives the president the power to do this. And there is no provision in the Constitution that gives Congress the ability to give the president the power to do this. I don't know, man. I saw a full uh, 24-page government document that claimed up and down that there absolutely is. (laughs) So I guess your interpretation doesn't matter. You suck. You know, that's really funny because I was getting ripped off by a robber. And I said, wait, wait. He put a gun to my head one time, and, he, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, 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 you can't do this. And he he had a whole document that said that he could. It was really weird. It was written by him. But, <laughs> you know, you know. anyway. But uh, uh, isn't it amazing? And and they, 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 they get these national emergency things going, you know, like Roosevelt uh, taking people's gold or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, and people just sit idly by. Not only that, but, like, like, you actually hear people like, the government's actually doing something. They're doing something. Thing. And they pat themselves on the back. Uh, you know, in a way, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but uh, in the conversations that uh, that you've had with folks here on the show and uh, my conversations that I've had with people, clearly the government mishandled the H1N1 thing. They get all sorts of people ginned up about it because they know they want to be able to uh, pat themselves on the back and acquire power if there is an outbreak of H1N1. And then they don't even get the vaccines out well, to people. Rum Manuel is quoted as saying, don't, you, you, yeah. you don't waste a good emergency. Exactly. And, and so did Hillary Clinton. You never waste a good, good, this good, is what a good these crisis. People think. Yes, it's absolutely what they think. And some of this stuff is outrageous, Ian. I. What is this stuff you're referring the, the to? The things with? that are happening now. It's it's amazing. Right. As a result of the national emergency. So, yeah. What? So my wife got this in her email, and this is from Mercola.com, which What's is that? Um, it's it's kind of one of those um, health. It's a 
Mermaid sites. Soda Company, Mercola. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's uh, it's one of those health sites that she's very into this. Mm, uh, Saltylicious. And, <laughs> and uh, this kind of thing. So, uh, you know, it's sort of alternative medicine kind of thing. So I, I would encourage everyone to check these numbers themselves. However, this is supposed to be from uh, CBS, and this is their actual news graphic, okay? So it's from CBS. Well, through According Mercola. to Mercola. Okay, gotcha. so I'm, I'm not I'm not taking any responsibility for it, but if this stuff is true, it's absolutely outrageous. And and before you get into the details, we should mention that if it is from CBS, every piece of uh, information that is offered by Mark has to be recognized as having a filter over it to remove old age lines, like they do for Katie Couric. So go ahead, Mark. <laughs> so here, it, um, and, and and I know that uh, statistics don't translate well on the radio, but try to stick with me on this one, Ian. Okay. Negative for other flu um, in Florida. This is just state by state, essentially. We've got four states here to go through. And Florida's the largest case uh, cases of N1H1. N- negative H1N1. For, yeah, excuse me. H1N1. Did I say it wrong? Um, I, I negative for other flu, 83%. Negative for the flu. Yeah, uh, this Meaning, is what's that mean? Other flu. 17% of the cases were um, were, uh, seven, uh, were H1N1. Basically, people are going... To the doctor, they're being diagnosed as having the flu because mm-hmm. how do you know if somebody has the flu? I don't know. You have to take a test, right? right? Well, they can't tell them at that point, so they're just getting their diagnosis, and then you know, these things are being tested later, and CBS is, is going through these tests. So out of 100 of these cases that were called H1N1 flu, 17 of them were in Florida. I see. So they were called H1N1 flu. Correct. Why? Why were they called that? Because that's what they're calling everything right now. Do you remember me saying on Saturday Night Show that the, the the CDC is saying that H1N1 is the most prevalent flu out there right now, so we're just calling everything H1N1? I don't remember that. Okay, and, well, that and, is the case. That's what they yes. said. It came out of their little government bureaucrat lie-spewing mouth. Wait, Mark, and, didn't you say Saturday night you thought the CDC was one of the best government yeah, organizations? I, I, I may have changed my mind today if some right. of this stuff's true. Oh, yeah, especially when you look at what the CDC does with government. Gun statistics. You know, first of all, it's supposed to be the Center for Disease Control, and every year or every couple of years, they come up with more bogus gun statistics where they lump in gang violence in with childhood deaths. People who are 17, 18, oh, yeah. 19 years old, they say, oh, there's so many children who are dying of gun right. violence. So people, so gangsters that are 18 are considered children. Yeah, yeah, it's so bogus. And, and you know, the anecdotal s- stories about what you're saying, Mark, are starting to come out. Uh, talk radio programs I was listening to today. And uh, there's information online, actually. Uh, I got an email from somebody. I don't have my email open right now. And people are actually saying, yeah, you know, I went into the hospital or my doctor's office, and he diagnosed me with the flu. It wasn't swine flu. It wasn't H1N1. But he said that they're reporting it as H1N1. And this woman says, well, why is that? He goes, well, that's just what we've been told to do. By the CDC. Right. And this. By, by evidently, I don't know whether it's CDC or the this government. This is what the you know. peer reviewed bullcrap really. It's, it, it, it gets me crazy because I want to believe that scientists are telling me the truth. I want to believe that, we, well, we must have human caused global warming because that's what we're told. <laughs> I want to believe that, uh, you know, H1N1 is the most prevalent flu that's out there today. I want to believe that vaccines work. I do want to believe these things. And then I see story after story after 
after story where doctors and scientists are compromised by the government and their love for the government. And if I mean, if, if these are the people that are peer reviewing the other people that are doing what the government people say, I have a difficult time. Mm, sure, I don't want to sure. be one of these troglodytes that says you can't believe anything that comes from from the <laughs> you know major media or the government. I don't want to be but be that. However, I'm really close. You know, let me tell yeah. you a few more of these statistics because I only okay. told you Florida. Right, right. Wow. And Florida is the big one. Is, is the the best case scenario for the government. Coming out of California, 2% of cases that are diagnosed as swine flu are the swine flu. Coming out of Alaska, 1% of the cases that are diagnosed as swine flu are swine flu. Coming out of Georgia, 2% of the cases. What does that mean for the statistic that we were talking about on Saturday that said that 100, excuse me, 1,000 people died? It's a bald Faced lie. Yeah, how could I was it's just that's ab- exactly where my the, mind was going. The vaccine is kill once again going to kill more people than the 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 thing that it's supposed and, to save you and, from. And on that vaccine, there months ago, like two months ago, there were reports from England about this, you know, very very unusual nervous disorder, nervous system disorder that people were picking up because of the the early injections they were getting for the swine flu. You know, and there's a contingent of our listenership whom I love having there because they ask some really hard questions of me when it comes to health and health freedom and all that other stuff. However, I just, you know, this this kind of thing that I'm reading right now just enrages me. It whips me into a fervor that I'm supposed to believe these scientists and doctors and peer reviewers and all these, the scientific method when it appears to me as though all of those people are in bed with the government. They get the vast majority of their funding from the government, and when the government says jump, they jump. And, and it, you know, it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. So is the, the reporting discrepancy the only outrage that you were talking about? Because you were talking about all you these outrages. You don't think that's outrageous? I think it's pretty outrageous. But is that the only one you were talking about? It's or is the this, only one I'm talking about. Yes, okay. yes. They're Eight. lying to us about the H1N1 virus. Got it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Service restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Vanguard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the website. Totally free for you at freetalklive.com. Dot com as we go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Nick is in Massachusetts, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Hey, I, I just wanted to sort of talk about something uh, that sort of irks me today. Uh, it's sure. sort of a ca- casual observance. Um, you guys have talked about this before, sort of police abusing their powers and parking where normal people wouldn't be able to put, uh, park. 
That's so, correct. They I'm, do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I'm pretty sure you can't park on the freaking sidewalk. <laughs> I was walking today, and, and at least I've never heard of any law that says you can park on the sidewalk. And there was there was a, a cop car, and there was a uh, it was parked on top of the not even a little bit on the road. It was completely on top of the sidewalk. The guy who got ticketed, of course, was on the road. Now, if I had talked to the police officer, my guess was, well, I don't want to get in the way of people. Well, the, the, uh, clearly the other guy was in the way of people if you were going to be in the way of people. So he should be on there, yeah. too. But no, 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 that bro- that break the law. That break the law. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Um, most uh, it, it seems like – and in Florida they didn't do this as much, but it's it seems like they're very uh, quick to try to get someone to pull over to the side of the road. And I find this to be extraordinarily dangerous. They did that a lot in Florida. Yeah, it was I on just, a main street too where people were passing and, uh, you know, there were a lot of cars going by. And they'll freak out that. if you try to go a little distance to get into a parking oh, yes, lot. They will. They'll, they'll, they'll flash those uh, their, their siren. Not, I guess they'll, they'll turn on their siren, the blare of their siren. You know, tailgate you. They yeah. make a big deal out of it. if you just try to to go a little farther so that you can get into a parking lot where you're both going to be safe and you're going to make it a, you know the 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 right of way safe for for well, traffic to go and all that other stuff. That's one good reason to go into a parking lot uh, just from the safety aspect. Another good reason is if you can pull into a parking lot and into a parking space, then the cops aren't as justified in calling a tow truck. Because good if audience, they pull you yeah. over on the side of the road the, and they decide to arrest you or they tell you if, – if they're not arresting you and they're just saying, hey, your license is suspended so you can't drive, that's when they'll call a tow truck to get the car out of the road and then tow it back to the tow yard. But if you're in a you know, grocery store parking lot, then you can usually say something to the effect of, well, I'll just have my friend come down and, and get this. Uh, there's, there's a better out for you there as far as avoiding a tow. Uh, but you're right, Mark. They do not like you um, going any further than is absolutely necessary to pull over immediately. And, right. and they'll get very upset. I was on the Howard Franklin Bridge and uh, crossing uh, Tampa. And this is, you know, they don't have that much of a lip there. But the police officer wanted me to pull over right there on the bridge. Not, you know, mm. cross the, you know, cross the bridge and then we can, I slowed down. <laughs> he knew I saw him. But he he wanted me to stop on that bridge. Unbelievable. On a bridge. Could he even turn a Yui at any point on that bridge? Probably not, right? No. You have to go all the way to to, to turn around. You have to go all yeah. the way across the bridge to turn around. So it wouldn't have mattered. So so if you pulled over at the end of the bridge, it's uh, as far as his convenience is concerned, oh, the officer, like he might have wanted to just pull a Yui and and leave after he dealt with you, but he couldn't pull a Yui because he's on a bridge and there's no way to physically do that. So either way, after he was done with you, he had to drive all the way to the end of the bridge. That's yes, what I'm saying. That's right? correct. Okay. <laughs> so Nick, any other thoughts for us tonight? Um, yeah, I, I was tempted. I mean, I had two tempting thoughts. One, I was tempted to walk up to him and and, and sort of. I don't know exactly what my plan would have been, but I was thinking to tell him, uh, you do realize that, um, aren't are, are you, why are you, like, parked exactly on the sidewalk? Like, I, I don't understand. You're not supposed to be parked on the sidewalk. Why is he on the side of the road while you're parked on the sidewalk? But I didn't want to really risk doing that because I, I don't yeah. know what, what what sort of, you know, copy is and, and what, what he'd say to me and stuff. And I was only passing by. I had better things to do than to go 
waste my time going talk to, to I'm, a, a I'm, cop. I'm so. sure. I'm sure, Nick, that you're one of millions of people out there who've been in the same sort of situation. You know, the stories abound about seeing cops do things. I remember I was in Cambridge and uh, uh, on this little area of Route Two. Uh, they call it the Fresh Pond Parkway, and it's a sort of a back way to get into Boston. And uh, there's a left turning lane. You can head towards Harvard, or you can continue down in this one particular route. The lights turn in uh, red. And so I'm stopping, and I can see a car, cop car behind me. I'm in the right lane. They get in the left lane, turn on their lights, and then they go through the red light. They're in no hurry, and then they slow down once they're through the red light, just because they didn't want to have to wait at the stinking light. Then the other night I'm driving along, and, you know, I don't know, I guess I'm going about 65 or so. Cop car, you know, obviously goes flying by me. No, actually, he's on my tail. He's on my tail. I was in the left lane, and I had to get out of the left lane, and then he's going flying by me. You know, that sort of thing, it kind of irks you, and, you know, it just shows the hypocrisy of, of the state. Yeah, I mean, they know they're above the law, even though they're not supposed to be, even though yeah. ideally they should be more accountable it, um, than the average person uh, for and, their transgressions. And every one of their superiors will back them up all the way to the yeah. wall because they know that it affects the whole crew. Well, and well, they, they, maybe they'll back them up, but that's only if they get caught doing something. Sometimes that you could say, for instance, you could you could call the police and say, "I just saw Officer Number Two O Three," identifying them from the number on the back of the car. I just saw Officer Number Two O Three blow through a stoplight here at whatever intersection, and they could say something. Well, you know, thank you for your report. We appreciate that. We'll uh, we'll take it under consideration. And then they'll just blow it off completely. Good night, citizen. You know, they'll just blow you off and ignore you because, well, you don't have any proof, number one. And, well, if you do have proof, that's when they'll start to close the ranks and def- and defend them. Uh, and they'll come up with some sort of lame excuse. And, Nick, I don't blame you for not wanting to approach the officer in this particular case and pull like a Jimmy Justice, although I do love Jimmy Justice and, uh, and what he does. Yeah. First off, if you don't have a camera, do not do it. Secondly, if you're in another state besides New Hampshire, I would really, uh, you know, like that's, I advise against it. Because, Nick, I can tell you, you are the kind of person that enrages most, <laughs> uh, you know, middle-aged males, uh, you know, younger to middle-aged. You are a young male, and they just, I I, I have, uh, you know, this thing, the same thing, and I know cops have it worse. They just don't like young males. And you coming up saying, hey, excuse me, sir, you should not be doing this. this you are violating the law. He's going to drag you downtown. If you, if That's you don't what get I was tased. afraid of. He dragged me off to some cage just because I said, um, aren't you breaking the law? Yeah. yeah, it's a realistic possibility. It's a very real possibility. But, but but I think that it's it's a good idea to generally try to hold some of these people accountable and, and videotape them uh, or record them and then upload those videos to the Internet. I think that's, that's a useful thing to do, and kudos to Jimmy Justice. Of course, he typically picks on the traffic cops because in New York City— He was actually a traffic cop. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. But— now, when I say, I'm sorry, when I say traffic cop in New York City, they have a traffic division. Uh, oh, they're not oh, okay. actual. They're not actual cops. They're like they're uh, they're just enforcers of parking related things. Yeah, they're they're oh. meter maids and and more basically, but, as I understand it. Well, Ian, have you either you guys or Nick have you guys uh, seen this show? Uh, I don't remember what cable station it's on. Uh, I can't remember, uh, but uh, it's it might, I think it might be Lifetime or something. It's this traffic cop show that they've got on cable, and and I don't want. TV. Is oh. it a re- reality show? It's or? a reality show, and they put cameras in there—a camera, uh, you know, a camera guy and a sound person—in with traffic cops and uh, or, or cops pulling over people for speeding or whatever they might be. They had one in a city. <laughs> it was the most unbelievable thing. I know we're coming up to the break very quickly. 
there was no way this guy could get out of getting a ticket, and I can tell you about it later I on. I want to have you it finish that story. comical. Yeah, we'll have you finish that story. Thanks, Nick, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And while we're talking about transportation, coming up, we'll tell you about a TSA shakedown at a Greyhound bus stop. Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The features include the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, and you can edit virtually anything you see. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? Well, you should. He's has five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. It's FrontSight.com. It's some of the premier training in the world. FrontSight.com. All right. We continue taking your phone calls. Uh, but first, Gardner, you needed to tell us uh, a story, the remainder of your uh, story. Yeah. More, more examples of the wonderful efficiency and addressability of the state uh, in its generic form. Uh, in this case, uh, this was a guy, must have been New York City, I assume. Uh, I came in about uh, maybe 30 seconds into the story. Uh, city block, city street, busy city street, and uh, a guy works in a shop on this street. And, you know, he's... he's uh, He's a hardworking dude, you can tell, and he's talking to the traffic officer, this woman, and... This is on a reality TV It's show. a reality program all about traffic tickets gotcha. being given to people, and God knows that's Riveting. just a great, great TV. And uh, <laughs> so, very cheap, very inexpensive. It's very Shakespearean, I'm sure. So... Anyway, <laughs> alas, poor Horatio, you know. So uh, this guy's saying, well, I, he goes, I came out here, and I, I got this ticket on my windshield. And she says, well, that's your card? He goes, yeah. She says, well, th- this isn't a metered spot. And he says, that's right. The, there's no meter here, and there's no meter back there. And he says, and the meter back there was broken. And I was originally parked at that meter, and oh, she says she says the, she looks at the ticket. She says, "Oh well, you were you were parked at a, at a broken meter earlier, down the street." And he goes, "Yeah." He says, "I was parked there for about 15 minutes. I work here. I'm in and out." And he says, "Look," and he pulls out this big jar of change. He goes, "I feed these meters all the time. That one's broken. That one's broken. That one's missing. That one's missing." He says, "I park at a broken meter. I come out 15 minutes later, and I don't have any problem. I move the move the truck. I park it here." And now I've got a ticket. There isn't even a meter here. So the woman says, well, sir, 
he says, he says, you know, isn't there something you can do? I, I didn't do anything wrong. There's no meter. I got to park. I need to work. She goes, well, you parked on the same side of the road. And he's like, huh? what? Oh, I see. So she says, left and came back. Yeah, she says, you can't, you can't park at a broken meter, and then move your car and park on the same side of the road. That'll get you a ticket. It's like, I what? Well, she goes, oh, he so, goes, I didn't know that. She goes, well, now, now you do. You know. He goes, but he goes, <laughs> can't you use your discretion? I had no idea. She goes, no, I'm sorry. That's the way right. it is. So, goes, why don't you post this on a sign? Tell surely, people. Surely that well, because they couldn't possibly post all of their rules on one sign because it's not intended to be simple. It's intended to be complex. Yeah. That's their whole goal. It was the same way when I when we worked in Sarasota, Ian. I know I know you always used the 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 cheapy lot and, and parked at your mom's place, so you would walk to work. However, I was a sales guy and I was in and out all the time, so I'd park right there in, on Main mm-hmm. Street in front of the studio. And the rule was if you um, pulled out of your spot and went within 15 spaces of the the same spot that you're in and it really didn't matter how long you had been there yeah it all that mattered is that you had been chalked um so uh, you know you may not have gone your entire two hours which is what the limit was on these spots but if you came back and parked in a different spot they could give you a ticket because what you could be doing is sort of structuring your parking, yeah. which is pulling out and pulling into the next spot or something like that. I've done they that don't a want few that. times. Of course you have. Yeah. Everybody has done it. I'd go out with Windex and every time and I just squirt the uh, <laughs> the chalk off. What's the chalk? What do they do? They, 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 this, in this case, they had this. Uh, it looked like a tennis ball on the end of a six foot stick, and it was uh, actually a, a ball of chalk, of like powdery chalk. And they'd hit your tire with it while they were going by in the meter made thing, the, uh, oh, the little uh, a little meter made. I can't remember what, this, what they're called, but right. uh, um, they they hit them with a, in the scooter, and that's what they did all day. Is doom, doom, doom. And when they found one that had chalk on it, they'd stop and they'd give you a ticket. So oh. if you'd, you'd been if there you'd two been, hours, right? If you'd been there for more than two hours in that spot, well, that's that's how they knew that you had been there for more than two hours because obviously they couldn't. You know, there's no other way for them to know that. Do they use different colored chalks for different hours? Mm, I don't think so. No, they just they'd use the same chalk for the same day, I guess. I, I, well, it's I not the most can... uh, foolproof system. Yeah. That's, that's oh, for sure. Especially not if a guy like me would come out with Windex and spray my chalk <laughs> off. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have to rub it at all or would it just come right off? It just it just rolls right off. That's cool. Oh, yeah. man. That is just unbelievable. So in this in this case, yeah, it was the so... same thing. He'd parked on the same side of the road, moved up to a spot. Even though there was no meter there, they said it was still against the, the yeah, law. Yeah, and then they show the meter maid getting back into her van the heroic and, meter maid. Yes, the heroic meter maid. As this guy is left standing there holding this ticket, this poor guy, <laughs> he's got a $52 ticket, and he's standing 52 there. 52 bucks? Yeah, 52 bucks. New and, York City. Yeah, and he's oh, standing there. Oh, is that in New there, York City? And, and she gets in, and she goes, well, now he's learned his lesson. And it's like, what? Oh, <laughs> which lesson are we referring to? Jeez, oh, Obedience. Man, oh, you do man. as we say. Absolutely. And, the guy, and then they well, go then, back to the guy, and he's like, I, it just... That, does what? that make any? And he's like turning to the camera people. Does that make any sense to you? He's left it doesn't alone. to me. That's it. Bye, Let's dude. Continue with your calls and go to Don listening in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Don. Hey guys, love the show this evening. What's it's on your great. What's on your mind tonight, Don? Well, I appreciate you guys uh, being out here. I'm hoping to ask you if you could mind if I just put a plug out for a blog I've begun. It's it's a good subject. What is it? It's divorce support. Dot info. All one word, just divorce support dot info. And who are you intending a to lot support? Of people. What's that? Who are you supporting? Anybody who's surviving a divorce right now or, or eventually going to prevail. Uh, anybody who's going through a divorce right now that needs someone to ask a question of, 
to find an answer with, to research something. Maybe just we have a chat feature on there. Maybe they just want to talk with somebody at the blog. Uh, we only have a few members right now. We're just getting rolling, and we've just gotten a page rank. Yay. Now, what is your uh, expertise? What is page rank? Uh, right now, the page rank is zero of ten. But what was the other question? What, what is your expertise? I don't know what the page rank is either. But what is the your expertise? I mean, have you been through a number of divorces? I mean, why Just should anyone so go to far. your website? I, I, I personally, I went through a bad one, and yes, it did partly inspire the idea for the blog. Yes. And I'm um, just hoping to offer sort of an outreach for anybody else that's going through one right now. So you want to bring people who are uh, going through divorces together, people who've been through divorces, people who yeah. are maybe thinking about going uh, through a divorce, bring them all and together even people to. People who are about to get married. Yes. There you go. Bring them together, like uh, in a kind of a forum format, to to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. We sounds, offer the ability useful. for people to ask questions. Okay, great. Uh, you can also post. Next I'm time, sorry, you've got to buy some advertisements. Thanks. And, and I would oh, I'll ask be happy you, to. And what's, what's, your, what's your opinion about uh, state-sanctioned marriage? Ooh, I think the state should stay completely out of marriage. There that's a good uh, answer. For that matter, personally, I think the church should too, but... <laughs> well, I and mean, that's your business. I mean, a lot of yeah, people yeah. love their churches, and they, uh, they would yep. absolutely want them involved. But I definitely see and where you're coming stay from. Out. Yeah, just try to spread the, the word to those people. Try to spread the word to the people who come to your website, man, because the more people understand that, at least we'll be one step closer to freedom in that case. If you want to buy some ads Absolutely. with Free Talk Live, uh, get in touch with Mark at mark at freetalklive.com. And thanks for the call tonight, dude. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. It's a nasty business divorce. It's I can, tough. I can tough imagine stuff. that some people would, would want to talk to others who've been through it and you know get the inside scoop. <laughs> a lot of people have been reduced to poverty, but, um, and, and a lot of lawyers enriched. Taryn is in Georgia. Taryn, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Fellas. Taryn. Hey, fellas. What's, what's going on, on? What's on your mind tonight? Um, yeah, I, I've been through the big divorce club there, too. That's not fun. <laughs> so mm. don't do it. It's expensive. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about was Kurt Hoffman. If you want to catch your viewers up on uh, Kurt Hoffman's story. Yeah, Kurt got, is, is in jail uh, for 180 days. Because he dared to tell the judge, the man that was wearing a robe in the courtroom, he dared to tell him to please uh, to use the term please. Because the, ju- the, uh, the man in the robe was trying to get uh, Kurt to sit down, uh, trying to get him to leave the audience and come up to the defendant's table in a, for, his, for the trial they were going to have for him. And I'll bring it back, Taryn, here. I know that you want to talk about this in a moment. 800-259-9231. And Kurt said he was willing to go up to the table as long as the judge told him please judge didn't want to say please instead he wanted to put kurt in jail for 180 days more coming up free talk live listen up for something free from ruger from now until the end of the year buy any new ruger bolt action rifle and receive a free ruger branded carhartt jacket both made in america for more information go to ruger.com slash carhartt that's ruger.com slash c-a-r-h-a-r-t-t ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability handsome style unique design features and represent the best value in rifles go to ruger.com and check out a ruger rifle today this is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever you want. Style in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like this show... Then we ask you to support us voluntarily by becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people 
to the ideas of freedom. Plus, you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, AMP-only podcast, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board and enjoy the perks. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, less trouble, uh, you know, uh, less dropped bottle, dropped and broken bottles, fewer uh, dropped uh, soda cans, um, all the problems that come with bringing the groceries in. I've got a new product called Totasec that I've been using for, I guess it's been a few months now, and it's just so much easier to carry all those groceries in just with one little handle. If you've got more, you bring two handles, and you don't have near the problems. I just remember how much frustration there was bringing the groceries in because I would want to bring them all in in one trip rather than making multiple trips back, and, and that would be difficult to my forearms to carry them all. Totasac makes it a heck of a lot easier. You can go to TOTA. SAK.com. You will not believe how much your life will be improved by this little tool. Your forearms. What would you do? Put the bags yes. up your arms? I would. Yep. Oh, yeah. I can see that. I never even thought about that. Normally, I just tried to wrap I, as many around my hand I as possible. I couldn't ha- hold them all in my hand because it would hurt. Mm. So I, I would put right, them on my forearm and then kind of like, you know, do yeah. arm curls with them <laughs> and walk in, walk in like that. Wow, that's desperate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you <laughs> don't is. have to anymore. No. It's changed everything. Totasac.com. T-O-T-A. Awesome. SAK.com. Taryn in Georgia is back with us here. Uh, this is Taryn from the LCL Report at LCLReport.com. Uh, Taryn, welcome back to the show. We're, you were calling in about Kurt Hoffman. He's one of the, the liberty activists up here in New Hampshire who's currently in jail, coming up on uh, coming up on a month now in jail because he dared to, a, to ask a robed man in court to use the term please. And... Uh, I don't think it was an unreasonable request on his part. The uh, the robed man who calls himself a judge was demanding that Taryn get out of the audience and come up to the defendant's table for a trial that was scheduled on that particular day. And Kurt indicated that he was willing to come up to the defendant's table, although he didn't really appreciate being forced to be there in the first place for what he believed was a bunch of silly nonsense traffic uh, citations. But he said he was willing to come up to the front of the uh, you know come up to the defendant's table should the judge just simply say. Please come up to the front. You know, please come up to the defendant's table. And the judge uh, or the man uh, in the row refused to say please and instead decided to get upset about it. And I don't know what's so funny, Mark. It's just funny. It's funny. I mean, it's, it's a not funny, funny. Set of this man is in jail for 180 days and got his butt beat. It's a shame, and it looks like he might have uh, serious complications. That's true. He mm-hmm. was attacked uh, once they left the room. Once they left the courtroom, they went back into a secret chamber where a one of the allegedly one of the members of the police decided to knock him over as he was handcuffed, and uh, he fell on his oh, head man. and neck, uh, per- perhaps permanently damaging himself. He cannot stand up fully without severe pain. He is seeing double in one of his eyes, oh, man. and he's been in a wheelchair. I don't know if he still is in the wheelchair at this point, but he's been blogging over at freekeen.com. We just got the blogs up. His first six letters that he's sent out uh, were just posted over the weekend, and we're going to continue. Mike Barsky from mail-2-jail.com is the man who's in, who's responsible for, number one, getting your messages out to Kurt, because you can go to mail-2-jail.com and send an, an a, actually piece of physical mail to Kurt through the Internet, and then when Kurt writes back to mail to jail, then Mike will post those over at Free Keen, so we can actually read what's happening to Kurt and uh, and read his thoughts, and you can see his first six entries at freekeen.com right now. All right, go ahead, Taryn, with your thoughts. Oh, no problem. Um, I actually got a letter myself from Kurt, and he had explained to me some of his injuries. And um, 
Now, before I was, you know, a full-time activist, I used to be a doctor who concentrated on soft tissue injuries. I know a lot about this stuff. Okay. And um, my understanding is that it's been very, very shady about how they're treating Kurt in there. That, you know, um, I used to do these workers' comp cases. And when someone would get hurt at work, you always had to go to the company doctor. You weren't allowed to choose your own doctor. And the company doctor was always some shill of a doctor that was bought off to never find anything wrong with anyone. Yeah. You know, I would examine the same patient, and there would be tons of stuff wrong with them. But the company mm-hmm. guy said, oh, he's fine. And, and it was one of those deals where I think the only doctor he's seen is the state doctor. Yes. Like he hasn't been able to actually see a doctor of his own choice. I'd like to yeah. point out that I've made several calls to the superintendent of the jail trying to get another doctor in there who is willing to go on his own time to go see Kurt, and I can't get a return call. I can't get through to the guy. Hey, Mark, if you don't like it, you can just work within the system to change it. No, I mean, cl- clearly that's not working. But, 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 well, but what I, is one going to do with civil disobedience? No, I know, I'm just saying. What do you do about that? You can't get a return call from the guy, and who, how do you solve this problem? How do you change this through the system? I don't know. I don't see it. Well, what will happen is the system will come and bite them in the butt. Like when I used to do these cases, and this is good advice, by the way, if you're ever in any some sort of soft tissue injury, um, what would happen is if you didn't document every little thing when it happened, they would say it was pre-existing. So, hmm. you know, if Kurt... Um, doesn't document every single thing, and it's not documented correctly, and he doesn't get the test that he needs ordered to prove it, they're going to come back six months later down the road when he still can't see in one eye or he still you know, is having neurological complications. They're going to try to say, oh, he already had that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and if you can't prove it in court, then you're screwed. You understand what I mean? Yeah, they, I they, they are so it, – it's really not what you um, – it's really not really what happened. It's what can you prove. It's true. And and if you don't order the right test and the doctor doesn't get in there and make the right documentation, you got nothing later on. And sounds that's, like that that's was a big exact, problem. It so. sounds like they're not letting any doctors in besides right. their approved doctors. So what is, what is well, he doing? I think they're keeping case? him squirreled away because he looks such. You know, I mean, if yes. they let him out like this, I he, agree with that completely. Yeah. I agree completely. Um, this, this, you know, the, the the reason the guy's in there is because he didn't say please to the judge. That's not a week or two weeks worth of offense. That's a day or two to to, to kind of give a guy trouble. They gave Ian when he was in on uh, contempt of court. They gave him the, an opportunity the next business day to uh, grovel and scrape, and they let him out. However, in this case, they decided to throw the guy to the floor, and it looks like they really hurt him because he was handcuffed at the time. So why is it they're not letting him out? Why doesn't he get the opportunity to? To, to grovel and scrape, well, I can and it's that. because well, he... oh, hold on, I can answer that. You're speculating, and so, and so am I, of course. But the judge in this case, the robed man uh, Edward Burke, said that he had given him the right of allocution, which is what he had given me because he forgot to give it to me the first time. So he gave me that the yeah, as you said, the next business day. In the actual audio from the trial, which you can hear at freekeen.com, you have to go back a ways. But in the actual audio, you can hear him offering him the uh, you know right of allocution and then saying, well, it's clear you don't want this, so we're just going to move on and put you in a cell. So the judge will say that he already has. I see. Well, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, 180 days, that's that's great. That's that's real justice, 180 days for not saying, for t- asking the judge to say please. It's not unusual. Well, and I'm I'm looking further than this because you know I used to see patients where they would be messed up for years over something yeah. like this. Yes. You know, a brain brain injury is no joke. You know, yeah. hitting your head is is bad news, and especially 
tearing up your neck and the soft tissue stuff, people don't think it's a big deal. Like if they get in a little fender bender or a wreck or they fall down mm-hmm. off a curb or something, and it'll screw them up for years if it's not treated the right way right away. Yeah, and that's I don't true. think he's been treated for nothing. No, clearly. Uh, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, it, clearly, uh, part of the reason that they're keeping him in there is because he looks so bad and he's doing so badly. Um, uh, although, Taryn, do you think that uh, it would behoove those guys to be getting him a lot of good help while he's there so that when he gets out, uh, he doesn't have a case to fall upon for some sort of you know massive lawsuit against them? Well, what what they're going to do is they're going to take him to the company guy that's going to say nothing's wrong with him. Oh, right, you right. Know? So that's Whoever all the they'll state do. doctor is. Yeah. And then it, all the evidence will kind of disappear over the next couple of weeks or months um, and mm-hmm. because no one can actually document right away when it happened. I used to have patients come in that would get in a car wreck, and they wouldn't start hurting for a month later. And that's kind of sometimes that happens. The You know, uh, it shatters something, and... And it doesn't catch up with you for a couple of weeks later, and then you start hurting, and then it never goes away. When that sort of thing happens, if you don't go the day the accident happens, the court does not care. They will be like, someone will say that you got hurt sometime between the the wreck and the day it started happening a month later. You know, um, yeah. so you really, really, I, I hate to beat this over the head, but documentation is so important if you plan on actually going to court and winning anything, and also the right type of test. Um, he should be getting stuff like, you know, I think they ordered like an MRI, which will only show you the swelling and maybe if he tore some ligaments, but something like um, a visual motion fluoroscopy where you can actually see the neck move around. Mm. You can, um, it works like this. If you tear a ligament, you, you can't really see the ligament tear. It's really hard to see, but you can see how the bones are supposed to move normally if you see a bunch of series of x-rays of a head moving. And if you because actually had a decent doctor uh, that you could yeah, order the right be, test. that you could see, then he could order those right tests. But they're just preventing any of that stuff from happening. It's absolutely outrageous. And Taryn, thanks for the advice and the suggestions. I'm sure people appreciate knowing those things. And thanks for the call tonight. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hour two's on the way. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Frontsight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Frontsight provides such training with any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to frontsight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com. Go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up still, we got to tell you about the TSA shaking down a Greyhound bus stop. <laughs> It's not funny. We'll uh, get you the details here in a little bit. And But first, your calls. We will go to Corby on the line in Florida. You're on the app line. Hello, Corby. 
Hey, guys, I just wanted to talk about, actually, I told you wrong about the date, about the video of the call screening, but it was actually September 3rd was the video, but it was about the um, San Jose police beat a um, unarmed college student and hmm. didn't even happen to look at his roommate filming it the entire time. Did you get a chance to watch the video or have you heard about it? Or? Yeah. Yeah, I watched uh, yeah. part of it during uh, during one of the breaks. Uh, what's the story there? You said he's unarmed, but from what I understand, they were after him for an alleged assault. Uh, so I guess they're trying to make it sound like this guy was violent with them somehow. Apparently, one of the roommates, the hoe, was, uh, had some meat calling in the sink, and the other one went in there and started doing the dishes with soap, and soap got on his meat, so they got into a you know dispute. And he, Apparently, they, they say he pulled a knife. I don't know if that's true or not, but... Uh, even the roommates said the response was excessive, you know, but it's kind of, they didn't even, they were so entailed in beating this guy that I couldn't even beat a dog that was attacking me that many times after it was down. I mean, I would feel inhumane, you know, but they just kept beating him, so it's quite, you know, yeah, you know, enjoy. Watching you know, the video, yeah. it's it's interesting because uh, now most of them that are posted have a split screen where they've taken the video and expanded it so you can see it better. It's inside a house. It's sort of down a little hall like hallway on the carpeting where it's sort of darkened. Yeah, it's pretty and, far away. The yeah. actual beating, it's it's not easy to see it happening. Yeah. But, but what you're saying is the guy that was recording it was the guy who called the police and even he said that this was excessive? Yeah, and then I, there was even a one of the... In the newspaper where I read it, it talk, originally it, one of, an ex-police officer reviewed it and said once he was handcuffed, that should be a felony when he struck him in the head after he was handcuffed. Because I've seen police training in movies and TV where all they have to do once he's down is put their knee on his back and handcuff him. You don't have to keep beating him once they're down. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, they go above and beyond. You they know, sure the, do. What, and I want to talk about one time I was at a... A legal poker game in Houston, Texas, and mm. you know, the police raided the game, and it was kind of ironic that of 100 illegal games, it was the smallest one I knew of in Houston. But anyway, <laughs> one of my friends was an older guy, and he had a pin in his leg, and he told the officer, you know, hey, the officers are all, get down, get down, get down, with a gun pointed at my face. That's why I moved oh. out of Houston. But mm -hmm. anyway, wow. the, the, the guy with the pin in his leg says, Sir, I've got a pin in my leg. I'm getting down as slow as I can. The officer says, fine, take your time. But well, the other officer goes up and says, he said get down and kicks the man down. And oh, I had to gosh. carry him to his car. And he was, you know, a big guy. But it was very, you know, it's just so, they, they can just get away with anything. And sure. just, I'm anxious to follow this case as to now they're suspended. They're not arrested. So it's the only career you can beat people. And when you're wrong, you get a vacation with pay <laughs> That's right. while they investigate. So It's how it works and, every single time. I mean, well, almost without exception. Yeah, and you know, even in some of these ambiguous stories, like this one in San Jose, uh, if the if the man who had called on the assault weren't the one who said it was excessive, let's say he wasn't there, and the cops tried to get this guy, and somebody else got the video, hypothetically, let's say, so it leaves it even more ambiguous. The video, it looks like they're hitting him even after they've got handcuffs on on this man in San Jose. Um, if you have private police forces that perform in this way. The standard, the, the curve under which the uh, response to consumer demand would, would arrive would be much, much faster mm -hmm. than with this government system where n nothing happens. Nothing because happens there's no accountability. Because, exactly. Because as upset as you might be about what awful thing they've done, 
you can never do anything beyond just complain. And and you know even it, it, to 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 bring in economics about this too. One of the fascinating things that uh, you know the Austrian economists like Mises and so on came up with, and and, and many others I think uh, on, the, on the philosophical side is that the free market provides the price mechanism whereby people can gauge how much they want to pay police for doing their job. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things is, okay, let's say we have the standard of, look, we don't like you doing this stuff to people, so we're going to go with a different company. We don't like this. We're private. We're a private society. You're gone. You're out of business. But in addition to that, you could say, how much are you willing to pay voluntarily for X, Y, or Z services? You have no standard like that here. Even uh, if you if you work under the realm of, okay, we know it's it's something we can't get addressability on, but even the more f- uh, fine tuning of it is impossible you can't you can't get any sort of real response to consumer demand right you'll pay whatever they demand yeah. they demand what you pay them absolutely and if you don't pay them then they'll kick you out of your house yeah and when you, uh, you know, deal you with the, the police bids, union is Big open bids. It would be very every security firm that guard the buildings now would, would do it probably a tenth of the price of what you know we currently pay to provide these great services for the people. You know, you know is it likely is it, true? Is it too much to to uh, why I, I, I I'm perplexed by this. Is it too much to ask of people to say, look, you freely rely on the free market to provide you with the milk that you put into your body. And you generally don't worry about it. There are standards. You rely on the free market to help you decide on a large investment like a snowmobile or a car or something like that. And yet you're not willing to rely on the free market to help you provide things like plowing your roads or providing security for you. I don't – I. Is it is it just that the people have been brought up in this environment and they they find it well, impossible to look beyond? People the have box? concerns in that area, and I, I I I you know it has not been tested. There's no there's no feet on the ground, uh, modern tests of what uh, private security in the sense of you know a police force, uh, private security being used. Uh, sort of against uh, society, that kind of thing. Because, um, I mean, you, it, when you have victims, you have criminals, and those criminals would have their own private uh, police forces, too. And it's it's very – it's it's worrisome for people. And I think that, uh, you know, there there needs to be some examples before people are going to jump in both feet. And well, I, 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 I think, uh, to, to draw a finer point on it, uh, there are examples of private security forces at things like condominium complexes and malls mm-hmm. and, and, and Disney World, for goodness sake – um, you know, they, they, they obviously have their own security forces, but uh, to, to sort of uh, go into what you're saying, that is all, of course, hidden within the sphere of the legal state apparatus in which those things operate. Sure. And so, it's, so I think that I think what we need to see if you're going to see something like that is a world where we have progressed to the point where people are willing to let others try something like that in a specific maybe maybe a specific geographic region or people uh you know trying their own services and opting out of the police services or whatever it is but that'd be nice but right now if you were to try something like that you'd be labeled a competing gang and likely arrested <laughs> likely you can make one last comment yes sir I just want to say thank you for the turning on to the anti-terrorist. I had never heard of him, and that's kind of amazing that there's so much information that until probably a year ago I was just not aware of, and I thought I was pretty, you know, aware, pretty informed on things. But just you know, your show and you know, Infowars and YouTube, and just there's so much information out there that's just not. You know, so many people are just in the dark to it. But the anti-terrorist, although I love all his videos, some of his 
ask questions of southern police in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and maybe even Florida or other southern states, you, you're going to end up in a jail cell or we are worse because that asking questions will be, you know, getting please gets you 180 days. So I can only imagine what happens in other places when there's no one around. I'm but pretty sure the, the anti-terrorist, uh, and again, this is a YouTube channel, uh, I'm pretty sure that he will admit that it's very likely that you could go into a jail cell by taking some of the some, some yeah, of but his anyway, tactics. Thanks for putting me on the videos. Were very, but the H1N1 was very good. Your caller on Saturday informed me about it. It was a pretty good video. Everybody should watch it. But anyway, thanks for the Thank you, Corby, tonight. for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The anti-terrorist is a very interesting character. He uh, wears a black balaclava. So his all of his facial features are completely obscured, with the exception of his eyes and his mouth, basically. And uh, he runs his voice through a voice processor, so it changes uh, the way it sounds. And he has some very interesting things to say. I'm not saying that I believe everything that he says. In fact, he'll be the first person to encourage you to check all of his claims. Uh, but very interesting character. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live coming up. Your calls about anything plus... The TSA seems to be targeting buses now. It's not the first time either. It's Free Talk Live. We'll explain. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's. Let's Fix Dinner. Find dinner ideas to bring your family together at the table at letsfixdinner.com. Juggling schedules so that everyone eats together can be tough. Try starting with one family dinner a week, whenever you can fit it in. Take turns picking the meal and have everyone pitch in. Working together will bring your family closer, even if it is just once a week. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have the Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo or video to show that they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see it for yourself. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided with the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch. I get mine Every day, actually twice a day, and that's where I do most of my show prep, freedomsphoenix.com. All right, we're going to continue with your phone calls and then tell you about a TSA shakedown at a Greyhound bus stop. Michael in Kentucky, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian, Mark, and Gardner. Hi, guys. How you all doing tonight? Super. Thanks. Michael, what's on your mind Thanks. tonight? Thank you for taking the call. I just had a police experience just uh, probably 30 minutes ago, I think, and I, I had to get it on the radio as okay. soon as possible. So. There's a girl at the restaurant I work at that she was she had a DUI the night or a couple the weekend passed and mm. she was telling me about it and as I was getting ready to go the the officer the same officer that arrested her was outside of the restaurant taking pictures of her car for investigating I don't know what and she's getting very uh, upset and you know visibly irritated that the police officer is harassing her okay. so I called my wife up asked her to get the video, my video camera out to the business as soon as possible. And that's when the interesting thing happened. I got up there with my video camera and started uh, videotaping. And this is, let me just say, 
uh, all of you guys that have experienced this, it is not easy. It is very intimidating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're all alone. Did you have somebody outside with you, or were you by well, yourself? The boyfriend of the girl was out there already talking to him. And I was out there and got my video camera. So, I, point, of, point of info before you continue. This was the cop that had arrested the girl you work with. This was a couple nights, the night, one night later or a couple nights later? A few, a few nights later. A few a nights Saturday later. Friday. Right. And yeah. he's out there taking pictures of her car. And how long did it take your camera to arrive on the yeah. scene? How long was he out there for? He, he was, he, he arrived. He started taking pictures with the camera phone. Then he, about five, five or ten minutes, then drove off and came back with a, a better camera. Hmm. And, and during that time, maybe five minutes while he was talking with the boyfriend, I got my camera. So gotcha. did you get any shots of him taking shots of the car? Yes, I did. Right. Because what happened was uh, he said he was all done with the investigation, and he looked at me, and he first just said hi. But then afterwards he said, uh, what's your name? And <laughs> this is my first time of having to go through, and I basically said, you know, I do not consent to answering any questions. Oh, and good that's, answer. That's, <laughs> You know, and because I've trained myself to answer it that way, but the police officers are not used to that here. And you can right. see by his his facial expression. <laughs> you consent for me to take my billy club out and pound you upside the head, son? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we went back and forth quite a bit. Uh, like I kept saying, I, I don't consent. In fact, I did the Dave Ridley. I said I, I uh, res- respectfully declined to answer any questions right. to make it to where it's absolutely clear I'm not confrontational. I mean, no. Dave I- Ridley likes to say, "I mean no disrespect." Sometimes he'll start with that. I mean no disrespect, but I'm not going to answer right. your question. Excellent. Yeah, and let me just say, I wish I was in New Hampshire tonight because I mean, I'm moving actually in two weeks. I'll be up there. All right, but, congratulations. But it was, uh, yeah, it was very nerve wracking, and it got to the point where. He said, you know, when a police officer asks you for your name, you have to give it to him. And I said, I mean, I, mean, I kept going back and forth. He basically said, if you don't answer my question, I'm going to take you in and we'll find out your name. Wow. <laughs> I have this on videotape. <laughs> all, right? all right. And, and so I, I, at that point, I asked, am I being detained or am I under arrest? And Excellent. that's when he basically, I guess he blew up in his head and he turned around because my motorcycle's right there. And he just uh, called in my my plates. <laughs> How did he you know I, it was well, yours? Yeah, just out of curiosity. Well, well I put my uh, gloves down uh, on it. Uh, you know, and this is a very small town. It's not like uh, you know. I, I think you, you could have figured out. I'm wearing a motorcycle jacket anyway. You gotcha. Yeah. So, so uh, he called it in, and I came out all clear. And did then you? he asked for backup. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then after. In total, there were three police. There are three police officers in total that came out for this. Right, so they sure are protecting society. There, right. good job this, getting that backup for you. This backup thing has nothing to do with the officer being in danger. It has nothing to do with him trying to do his job. It's all about intimidation. intimidation. Here was a citizen who dared to say that he was not willing to give any information over to this police officer when the guy is obviously not conducting any kind of investigation on any kind of crime. Oh, no. No, he was investigating uh, Michael. Right. At that point. What's <laughs> your name? No cr- What's the crime? Yeah. There's yeah. no need. You don't need to have a crime. They can just go and talk to people. You need on to the have street. probable cause in order to that's not forcibly extract information. To forcibly extract, sure, but what? it's not. It, he doesn't need probable cause to walk up to you on the street and say, "Excuse me, what's your name?" I don't need probable right. cause to do that either. That's true. But he and in that 
at that at that point in that position, he's, he's nothing more than a regular uh, a, a citizen, Correct. and therefore using the the government apparatus, as far as I'm concerned, is against the law. He's breaking the law. He's well, breaking the, the rules. It, it was very no scary because he was because regular citizens don't throw other feet, regular citizens in jail right. if That's they don't true. want to talk to them, and <laughs> so uh, it, basically they all just got around and started talking, and then uh, it was a, it was a uh, a sheriff's office deputy that I serve at the restaurant routinely, yeah. you know, and this guy actually made me feel more comfortable. Even though he's a police officer, I, I told him, you know, I can't, I, you know, you're out on an investigation, so I'm going to have to, you know, decline to answer any questions for you. I think, I think any other night I'd speak to, because of the circumstances, I can't talk to you. Sure. And then uh, once it was all said and done, you know, they said, okay, we're going to be going, because there was nothing going on, you know. Right, and, right. They just wanted to harass you. And not the, the, the see the sheriff's office officer. He had his dog murdered by the cops in this town. Wow! <laughs> it was a big news here in, in uh, Kentucky. You know, it was <laughs> that the sheriff's sheriff's deputy had the dog murdered by another department, a, uh, a police office, police Boy, unit. Talk you know about eating your own. So the sheriff, you get yeah. along a little better with the sheriff's deputy then. Sure. sure. Yeah. I mean. And so, but like I said, it, you know, if you've never done this, you guys are, you make it look like, so, it looks so easy on the internet. And it's not easy. No, <laughs> it's well not. Well stated. It's not easy because they're, uh, they are dangerous individuals and they will get away with what they want, even if they are breaking their own rules. They'll get away with breaking their own rules. And you do have to be pretty concerned about it. And it is much easier to do it when you've got somebody backing you up, whether in person or whether you just know that there are other activists that are in the vicinity uh, that could come to your aid, either at a court trial or just in general or actually on the scene. Uh, it makes it a little bit easier. But either way, it's still something where, you know, I'll still get flustered in a situation like oh, it's that. it's very scary. And I won't, you know, yeah. won't really think of the best thing to say. And then later on in hindsight, oh, I should have said that. Oh, I should have asked have that. You also have to have very uh, good control over your emotions in these circumstances because I can tell you that, you know, like I'm, I guess nine years in prison sort of has me react in the fashion that when something's going badly for me, the fight or flight thing, that yeah. there's not a lot of room, you know, where I learned fight or flight, mm. there wasn't a lot of room for flight. So I have this you know, immediate fight response if things seem like they're life or death for me. And I, you know... That's why I, you don't cop watch. I, I find <laughs> it very, very, very <laughs> difficult yeah. to even watch the videos of police doing Your things. adrenaline starts to pump. I, I, I was visibly flustered. You know, I had a hard time keeping the camera steady. Sure. And, but I, I also had the, the boyfriend. He was giving commentary of the local situation in the little town. So it was very... I'll have the video Yeah, up post it up over on the Free Talk Live BBS when you get it on there. And uh, thanks for the call, and congratulations in advance on your move to New Hampshire. I hope, uh, hope it'll be worth your while. I know it was for me. I thank you for the call tonight. More coming up, 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. 
Facebook.com. The features include the updates. You get signed up and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And I want to thank everybody who's gone to gold.freetalklive.com and stocked up on gold and silver. Um, whether it, whether your reasons are to, as a hedge against inflation, as an investment, because gold and silver prices are going up these days. Uh, I check every day, and it seems to be that they're just going up, up, up. And doesn't makes perfectly good sense considering how many uh, of the uh, Federal Reserve notes they've printed, or whether you're you're doing it uh, you know, in case of some dire emergency. Thank you for supporting Free Talk Live, and and thank you for supporting your family by getting gold and silver. Um, you can go to gold.freetalklive.com. We also have a system where you can put a little bit aside every week if you don't have a bunch of money right now to invest in gold and silver. You can uh, because our system really is best for you to get 20 coins at once. Um, that's that's the way the shipping's um, m- makes it most cost effective. So you can call this number and you know just put aside a little bit every week. Eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. Just tell them you're you know going for layaway for free talk live. Eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. It's Midas Resources. Thanks very much. Toll free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It has happened again, as we predicted that it would. Back in two thousand seven, we told you a story uh, from the Indianapolis Star, indiestar.com wherein the TSA was doing security sweeps on the local uh, buses there, the Indigo buses. And uh, when we had explained this to you, it was something they were claiming they were doing across the country called a Viper mission. We'll tell you more about Viper here in a moment. But after we shared that story with you, even though the, the article said it was happening across the country, nothing else came across my uh, desk i hadn't seen anything since that time i presume these things are still going on maybe they were just getting reported in uh, a minor fashion on a local basis but today was the first day or this weekend uh, today was the first day that uh, that i had seen this story come back and it is back and this time it's happening in orlando where the orlando sentinel at orlandosentinel.com reports that Bryce Williams wasn't expecting to walk through a metal detector or have his bag screened for explosives at the Greyhound bus terminal near downtown Orlando, but Williams and 689 other passengers went through tougher-than-normal security procedures Thursday as part of a random check coordinated by the U.S. Transportation Security Administration. The idea is to keep off-guard terrorists and others who mean harm thereby improving safety for passengers and workers and inconveniencing nearly 700 people. There was no specific threat to the bus station on John Young Parkway in uh, in Orlando, although the TSA is best known for its agents at the airports. Best known. (laughs) The agency's Visible Intermodal Prevention and Response, or VIPER. Yeah, Tuesdays on NBC. Teams stage periodic operations at bus and train stations, ports, and other transportation centers. Now... Interestingly, we had Alex from New Jersey calling to let us know he was going to go down to, um, excuse me, he was from New Hampshire, but he is originally from New Jersey, and he was going to take a trip down to New Jersey, and he was very concerned that he was going to run into some security when he was on the Greyhound bus, and I was, that kind of blew him off. I said, oh, it's, you know, it's pretty unlikely that something like that's going to happen, and then two days later, we get the story that the, the TSA has targeted almost 700 people that happen to be at a, a Greyhound station, so it Maybe it's not likely, but it's also very realistically a possibility, apparently, because these Viper searches are are still going on across the country, according to the TSA. 
Uh, they staged these periodic, uh, periodic operation, and they began doing so back in 2006. Thursday's day-long event was the first at a Greyhound station in Florida, according to the TSA security director for the Orlando region. Ashley Hartman, age 23, arrived in the late afternoon from Tampa and was planning to transfer in Orlando to a bus bound for her home in Delaware. She told a security guard or a security agent about the stun gun in her book bag that she carries for protection. And officials at the terminal terminal helped her ship it home as stun guns are prohibited on buses, according to the TSA. They prohibit it. Well, what if you need to protect yourself? Jeez, oh man. Oh I mean, man. what is a stun gun going to do to... I, I suppose you could shoot the driver while he's driving and it would wreck the bus. So the, their presence is actually putting more people at, at risk. risk. But because I, the statistics, the chance of a terrorist... Uh, this is crazy, I man. think you could also probably uh, take a can of Raid and spray it in the driver's face while he's driving down the road or yes. stab him in the uh, temple with, with a, a fork pencil. or uh, take a, yep. a pen and jab it in his eye. Likely, any of these things would cause the buck, uh, bus could, to wreck, just, just could, as a stun gun would. You could take your belt and loop it around his head and go, whack. Just pull it back on his head, around his neck. Yep, I'm sure there's something... I don't know whether you can get behind him or not. They probably have uh, some kind of plexiglass directly behind them. I don't know, just a guess. Now, But you can smack him in the face with a belt uh, buckle. Can you imagine just swinging a belt buckle uh, 18 inches from your your fist as you swing? Wham! Hit him right in the mouth? Like, gosh, I mean, it'd be terrible. Has anyone ever... Have you guys ever uh, ridden on a Greyhound bus? Yes, often. I've been on them. I don't think I've ridden yes, on I one. I used to go back and forth from college you've to, been, to Wait home. a minute. You've been on one but never is a ridden? A Greyhound bus? Greyhound. Oh, on a, I think I've walked on to them before. I've been on like off? charter buses, but never... So you've walked on a Greyhound bus and then walked back off? I think so. Why would you do that? I, 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 I've certainly seen them, and I've been on lots of buses. Maybe I've been on a Greyhound. I, okay. I think so. Because just to be able to say as a kid that I have been on a Greyhound bus, because it was very interesting. Gotcha. It was so, just terrorist plans. They were foiled. Guard, were where, foiled. Did you, where did you go to? I used to go back and forth a lot. Uh, it was either Greyhound or there was another company called Vermont Transit. Uh, Vermont Transit is actually up here in New Hampshire, and they got shafted by the government of New Hampshire when a no-bid contract was given for all of those little parking lots that are put next to the highway for commuter, yeah. commuters. Parking rides. Yeah, parking rides. Some buddies of the governor got a uh, no-bid contract Sweet. to get all of the 93. I don't remember. Yeah, I think that might be what it is. is. But, uh, oh. yeah, good you know, good stuff. I did a Greyhound to Washington one time. Uh, good stuff. Know. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about because I went to New Orleans once on a Greyhound from Florida. And it didn't seem to me that the Greyhound bus stops were in good locations no, at all. No, they're not in good uh, locations. Uh, for they're me, in pretty scary, in many cases, scary sections yeah, of town. Yeah, I should, I should distinguish. Uh, when I was in Boston, I used to go back and forth, and the, uh, the stops were no problem, although there was, there was one spot, stop in Lowell that at night you didn't want to be there. Uh, that was a bad, bad deal. And, uh, but the Greyhound one that I took to Washington, uh, that was an unpleasant experience. That was, I will never, ever, ever do that again. That many hours and the places where you stop, highly, highly suspect. To D.C.? Washington, yeah, to D.C.? D.C. No stinking way will so, I do that again. that's why this young lady likely had a stun gun with her, because she probably didn't feel in the safest of conditions. Being on a Greyhound bus means that, and my, my trip was safe. I ended up getting to where I needed to go to, and I'm sure millions of people do arrive safely at their destinations. But some of the places that you go to are very, very uh, kind of shifty. And hey, uh, and the people are also equally, if not more so, shifty that are hanging around there. And so I don't blame anybody for bringing something to defend themselves. And with. let's look at let's look at the market response. As we as we said uh, oftentimes here, you know, the markets respond to people's incentives for price versus security. 
security. So in this case, you get a pretty cheap ride, and yeah, you know, sometimes you might be going to some shady places. Uh, that's sure. just the way it is. If you're hitchhiking, it's even cheaper, and it could be even shadier. shadier. You know, you have a you have a graduated scale here, so it's incumbent on a person like her to take. They don't buy security for Greyhound. They're not putting security officers on there. So no. bring your own security. That's the way it works. Apparently people, not anymore because yeah. the TSA is saying that stun guns are prohibited on buses. Uh, the what the young lady that was victimized by the TSA in this case says obediently she says i think they have to have that with everything that's going on after 9/11 oh man said she who was on her way home from a seasonal job running carnival games normally two security agents are on duty at the bus terminal according to the greyhound district manager they use a handheld metal detector to scan people and also inspect luggage by hand she said on thursday 50 officials from agencies including the tsa orlando police and the orange county sheriff's office and u.s customs and border protection agents padded down passengers behavior and explosive experts and dogs trained to sniff out bombs and drugs were also used behavior experts i mean what what are behavior experts if if you don't shut up and get in line you're a bad yeah. person that's yeah. what their behavior the cops, expert says the roots and police force they're the behavior experts toll-free number is 800-259-9231 now i wonder how many people they arrested for drug possession while they did this because I can tell you I was offered marijuana more than a couple times during my travels on Greyhound. More coming up. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. The Walking Liberty Half is a fantastic coin for the beginner investor and those who want usable silver should a monetary collapse occur. This coin is widely accepted as one of the most beautiful ever made. It served our grandparents for more than 40 years, and you can get them for $8.69. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Just dial in, toll free, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, uh, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You can also shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in Free Talk Live getting a percentage of your purchase. Head on over to amazon.freetalklive.com and get the stuff you need, get the stuff you want as well. And Gardner, you've got yourself a book that you're selling through Amazon. and. Yeah. Uh, it's called Live Free or Die. Right on, man. So that's yeah. one of the many millions of items that you can possibly order. And, of course, you can also uh, get more guard over at libertyconspiracy.com. He's got his own podcast, and you can hear, also hear it uh, immediately after this show when, if you're listening to our Internet feed at libertyradionetwork.com. Yeah, um, so lots that's more great. guard is available. Libertyconspiracy.com is the primary place Oh, yeah, to get ladies, it. there's a lot more guard. <laughs> uh, audiblepodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows. Shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can go over there and try them out by downloading a free audiobook today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's the only way to get the free one is audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. 
Now, we're talking about a shakedown on the part of the TSA and their Viper Squad, which apparently includes the TSA, Orlando Police, Orange County Sheriff's Office, U.S. Customs Border Patrol agents. This is uh, this went down in Orlando, obviously. So they got a, a multi-jurisdictional task force together, basically. Fifty people uh, invaded the Greyhound stop there, the Greyhound uh, Center, for an entire day and essentially shook down every single passenger that, that came through. One young lady, 23 years old, was found with a stun gun in her book bag she carries for protection. They Now, to be fair, I guess it's good that they didn't arrest her or charge her with a crime for this. They just took it out off her person and they shipped it home. So at least she didn't have the stun gun stolen from her, but that's not saying much. So who had who shipped it? I'm sure she had to pay for so, it. Yes, shipping. obviously. So, so she. This, this is just insane. It, I just this really gets me ticked off. And you know? it should. The one thing that you don't hear, the, the sort of the, the unsaid in the story, right? They didn't follow. Uh, what was her name? Ashley. The, Ashley. The Carney. Gal. The devil. Um, She's the devil. Ashley. They didn't follow Ashley all the way back to uh, wherever it was that she was going. To make sure she made it safely. To make sure being that she raped. made it. Yeah, right. Made it safely. And the, what the unsaid in the, all of this is. You know, as as this viper viper squad gets uh, you know more and more into their little thing, fewer and fewer people are going to carry weapons to protect themselves right, right. on buses. And when you hear the story about the next gal who gets raped or beaten and all their money are taken at a bus station, I mean, you know, these things happen at bus stations. Yes, they they do. do. Uh, Somebody needs some. Crack. What you don't hear is well. Maybe she would have brought the stun gun or the pepper spray or, you know, the the little stiletto or whatever it is that yeah. she might have brought but, if yeah. it hadn't have been against the rules. Because are these big, dumb TSA agents that are there doing the viper thing, um, are they, are they going to be there to protect her every time? No. No. No way. They show up at one station in a year and <laughs> hassle people, or however often they do this. Yeah. They hassle people. It's the so first time they've done it in Florida, they y- said. You probably have something like one in a hundred thousand or one in a, you know, 300,000 chance of getting shook down by these people, which means that you have a one in 300,000 chance of getting saved by and, these people. And hey, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And so, if the average citizen out there is saying, oh, well, you know, they're checking us and they're very strict uh, before we get on the buses, any of these public transportation things, which Greyhound is not a government run entity. So it could have been it might not have even been going over state borders and they're still getting involved with this. I mean, there's there's a humongous constitutional problem here, but they're not yep. even talking about that. But, you know, since necessity is the mother of invention, the inventiveness of the people who don't think that it's necessary anymore to say, well, we've got, you know, strong TSA protection, their their inventiveness goes down regarding how they're going to protect themselves, find ways to mm-hmm. get something aboard that will protect them. But the so-called terrorists who are out there, right. they have a completely different inge- agenda, and they will do anything they can. They'll just get more creative to get destructive devices aboard these buses or whatever. As right. though there's a problem with terrorists there in, were. on buses <laughs> in the first place. And, it's and all anybody who has to, anybody who uh, you know has a, a sort of a, a problem-solving mind has to do is go to one of these airports and realize how remarkably easy oh, it would yeah. be to get something passed. Absolutely. I mean, I, I I don't know what it is that it takes to, to build some kind of gas bomb or something like that. I have no idea. But 
And what I can tell you is that my water bottle is safe and the batteries on my uh, laptop are not. So, (laughs) I mean, you know, they put my laptop through. They're not going through these things and checking them to see if they run or anything like that. Sometimes they do, but it's very rare that they do. Uh, You know, if you wanted to blow up the plane, which isn't what... 9-11 9-11 was about in the first place. 9-11 was about flying planes into buildings. Um, so as all you would have to do is secure the cockpit doors and m- maybe let uh, pilots carry weapons or something like that. Yeah. This, it's, it's, this is entirely and, a different story. You bring something to mind, Mark. When I was flying out of Texas, and this is, this is a great lesson for anybody who's just starting to investigate the uh, concepts of individual liberty and freedom and markets and how they're t- completely intertwined. Uh, I was flying out of Texas one time, and I wrote something down. I actually put it in Live Free or Die. I, I wrote it down, and I said, look, I'm on a plane right now, and the pilots who are flying this plane and the stewards and stewardess, the flight attendants who are here, they supposedly have a right to keep and bear arms, which shall not be infringed by any government entity, federal or state or local. Uh, and yet, on this plane, they are prohibited by the federal government, and by the way, the the program that uh, allowed just a tiny handful of the pilots who might go and beg the government to mm-hmm. let them, uh, that's been defunded. Oh, okay. well, one yes. handgun went off in one cabin. Yes. Um, isn't that right? Yes, one handgu- handgun went because off in one cabin. Of the but required... that wasn't the reason why they defunded it. Well, well it, it certainly wasn't good press. No, because it certainly of, Because of the required equipment on it caused this handgun to be sort of uh, volatile. Yes. I, I don't know really yes. how to... Basically, to put the trigger lock that was required on this required depressing one of the safety mechanisms that this particular, I think it was a Glock, mm-hmm. had in order to make it, therefore, ready to fire. So the the required safety mechanism made it more dangerous, and that's why it went off. You guys are like a library for freedom here. This is insane. I can't believe you're, you're remembering that. That's excellent. And, and, and But what gets me is you've got a private company, Greyhound, and again, you can draw out the economic lessons that tie into freedom and in our calculations regarding how free we want to be versus how much we want to give up in security on a private level. And all of it really means that we're still free because we're making a free choice about what we're giving up. But when government is involved, we're not. And they try to pass it off as if democracy means you have had your say. No, that's bogus. It's absolutely false. So you've got a Greyhound bus, a private company that should have nothing to do with the TSA, and yet the TSA is getting in there and infringing on these people's rights to keep and bear arms. Now, if Greyhound wants to stop them from carrying firearms, then let them go ahead and do it, and people will decide, well, I'd rather go to a different company. Well, and the Greyhound people do have a couple security agents that are wanding people at the, uh, the entrance, uh, but apparently... You know, that's not enough. Uh, the TSA brought in 50 agents and shook down the entire place. Now, they're claiming it's because of terrorism, but obviously this is a tactic that's not going to do anything to actually interdict any sort of terrorist activity because, well, first of all, it's not happening consistently. Not that I want it to happen consistently. It's happening on, on a very occasional basis. They mentioned it's the first time that they've ever hit a Greyhound bus stop in all of Florida in three years of allegedly doing these Viper interdictions. And, and, and you heard about the TSA guys, how they racked up. Uh, Brian Ross did a great report on this on ABC when he switched over to ABC. Uh, they rack up a lot of their miles. Uh, the TSA claims that they have X number of miles flying, right, on, on airlines. Mm-hmm. They go between Anaheim and L.A. and and uh, and Vegas. So they're, Oh, San Diego, L.A., and Vegas. 
So they go back and forth and back and forth on the same flights over and over and over again. Why, why do I care if the TSA is on the plane? I don't understand. Well, I mean, not the TSA, the uh, federal, the, oh, the federal air marshals. Air marshals. Okay. Oh, yes. okay. The federal air marshals, they tell us, oh, well, you know, they're, they're going to be, uh, you're not going to know who they are. And, right. You There's know, a chance that air marshals everywhere. on this plane. Yeah. Well, you know, statistically speaking, if you're not flying in one of those routes, the chances that you get the air marshals aboard Next are very, very low. Because they're racking their miles up on those little routes, and they go back to back and forth to Vegas and L.A. So they live in Vegas and essentially live in Vegas and L.A. Yeah, that's what they do, or San Diego. You this know? is an excuse to essentially shake people down for drugs. Really, yeah, is what point. this what this is. Yeah. Uh, indeed, they actually found. Oh, and don't forget the so-called illegal immigrants are also looking for them. Five people, in point of fact, were arrested in this one day's time for so-called illegal immigration charges. Uh, they didn't catch any real terrorists, but they caught a few brown folk that were trying to make a better life for themselves. Uh, didn't Hallelujah! Mention, didn't mention any gun, any drugs. Surprisingly enough, I would think if you had a greyhound stuff, yeah, uh, <laughs> knives, glass bottles, knives, and a bullet, and the stun gun were also found. Hour number three is coming up. You can bring up anything. I want to share a couple of the quotes from some of the victims in this case, and uh, you can bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumer's Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, the polygamy people are going to court. We'll explain what's happening there. 800-259-9231. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. And the point of the program is that you can bring up anything. We want to continue discussing the Greyhound situation, though, just for a little bit, just to kind of talk about people's reactions to this. Uh, the people that were actually victimized by it happened in Orlando, and I think it was over the weekend. I'm not sure which day it was, but one day they decided to go down. Uh, excuse me, it wasn't over the weekend. It was last week, October 22nd. The TSA, as, lo- as well as the Orlando Police, the Orange County Sheriff's Office, and U.S. Customs and Border Protection shook down over 689 passengers in a one-day's time frame at the Greyhound bus station in Orlando. They call it a Viper, or a Visible Intermodal Prevention and Response uh, Team. Uh, I guess it's an attack, because your freedom is... Uh, the victim, I suppose, your liberty to go from point A to point B without being harassed by uh, bureaucrats and having your stuff stolen from you or taken by force. 
As uh, was done in this case, uh, there were five people arrested for so-called illegal immigration. They also found a young lady with a stun gun. They took that from her and shipped it, uh, apparently shipped it to her home, which I guess is better than just stealing it from her in general. But I guess I'm looking for the silver lining here, and there's not much of one. (laughs) Uh, they also uh, they had dogs. They brought out uh, dogs and sniff, sniffed people, uh, behavior and explosive experts. Everyone who walked through the terminal went through a metal detector like at uh, those at airports, and baggage was screened for explosives. One person was picked up on a local warrant. Glass bottles, knives, a bullet, and a stun gun were found. Shockingly, nobody found uh, pe- people were not found with drugs, which I am uh, amazed by. Michael Neal, 66, of Nottingham, England, was forced to remove a box cutter from his carry-on bag and place it in his checked luggage. He said he uses it to peel fruit, and he didn't mind the slight inconvenience. No problem, said the retired butcher who's traveling around the U.S. on vacation. It's for your own safety, really. But Williams and his son, Bryce Williams, were on their way home, uh, way to Minneapolis and weren't happy with the high level of security, particularly after they were forced to shift some tools from a carry-on bag to checked luggage. Father and son said they skipped the airport because of the security hassles, and now they're rethinking their choice. Bryce said, I'm driving from now on. I'd like to bring this up, because... Uh, international travel is down more than 20% to this country. It's true. And domestic travel is down. And what they will tell you, the airlines um, and the government and anybody you ask, they will tell you it's 9-11. Americans are scared because uh, you know 13 Arab guys took some box cutters and crashed some airplanes into different stuff around the United States. They're scared. They're saying that's why people aren't going That's why airlines? people aren't flying. Not true. And I tell you otherwise. I choose not to fly sometimes based on the fact that I just don't feel like getting probed by the TSA. And these two guys here said that the reason they were taking the bus, it's the bus, for God's sake. It sucks. It, it really does. When you can go on Southwest Airlines for $69 run one way, the bus doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense financially. Mm-hmm. It's pretty no. difficult for them to come up. And I don't check the bus generally because if I'm, will, if, if I'm willing to ride a bus somewhere, I'm going to drive my car to go there yeah. anyway. Um, the bus sucks. I mean, you, you get woken just, up all the time. Yeah. Even if, I brought along a, a I bought a, a one of those eye masks that you are you know that you yeah. wear to keep yeah. the light out. Yeah. And I brought earplugs and an eye mask, and, and those were helpful. But man, it's still annoying because whenever you get to a stop, even if it's in the middle of the night, they flip on all the lights, the lights all, on the yeah. bus. People and, have to get their their stuff. They right. have to you know to be able to depart. Right. So it so makes perfectly good sense that they would 30, do that. But every thirty minutes or an hour, however often the stops are scheduled, which is fairly often because they have to hit all the you know the cities, the smallish cities that are in between the the, the different destinations, and it's just nonstop interruptions. It's so, really annoying. You know, I. I, I can't imagine, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally take the bus because it's just not that uh, uh, convenient for me. But these guys decided to take it in order to avoid the planes. And I'm telling you, there's more Americans out there than you understand not taking airplanes because of the TSA. Absolutely. The TSA is not providing us with any security on our planes. It's just theater. And they're destroying the airline business. A, and the airline business won't do anything about it. It's they're a, a bunch of spineless headache. cowards. And then mix into it, if you're talking about uh, airlines, mix into it the FAA, 
And the way mm-hmm. that the airline, the airport system was created through political handouts, starting with Roosevelt on, they're handing out money for municipal airports, for people who helped the particular administration in power, and they, they scheduled the, the, the whole system is not a market system, and, right. and it, it has been warped like some sort of weird cancerous cell. And so, of course, the customers are going to get frustrated. So now you hear people like Chuck Schumer and other jerks out there who are saying, we need a passenger's bill of rights, completely <laughs> destroying the concept of the, uh, the idea of a bill of rights. In other words, you have the right to have government start messing around with transportation companies when the dissatisfaction that, they, that people have could easily be addressed if they just let the market work. It's true. Uh, the marketplace could very easily handle any sort of security concerns that anybody had because if people were really that frightened, then the companies would implement various different methods and based on competition and innovation and come up with the most effective ways to keep people safe. Or you may have uh, options where there are no security uh, features, where people are just expected to take care of themselves. Yeah. Uh, maybe the, the tickets are a little bit cheaper. Maybe the risk is a little bit higher. Maybe the risk is lower because if uh, the passengers are armed, then they're uh, less likely that somebody is going to mess with uh, with an, with. A, I mean, what if you're a criminal? Are you going to victimize somebody that is riding on the bus where you're allowed to have weapons or riding on the bus where weapons are screened out. I mean, it seems like a no-brainer to me. If I'm a violent criminal, I want to target the people that I know are are disarmed. But so now you've got this example here of, and as you point out, Mark, these guys make it clear, we took this this bus because we figured we wouldn't have to deal with the TSA. And then all of a sudden, the TSA shows up and they shake down the entire place, getting people acclimated, because that's part of the point of this is to get people acclimated to the idea that anywhere, anytime that they are going from one point to another, they are subject to being ruled over by these armed men who are calling themselves, in this case, the TSA and the sheriff's office, just coming in and doing whatever they want to uh, to them. And if they think they can get away by driving, it's only a matter of time before that becomes not uh, untrue. I wish these companies would yes. stand up for their own private property rights. For goodness' sake, you who's going to stand up to the, to the sheriff? Well, you know, if I if I if I were going on a trip somewhere and I hired out a van, I rented a van and said, "Okay, you know, I'm going to go on a trip and we're going to go see Danko Jones play. Uh, we need ten people. Can we fill the seats? Okay, cool. Yeah, let's go. You know." Um, would I then have TSA agents in front of the van saying, okay, we're going to tell people what they can bring aboard your van? No, I I rent the stinking van or I bought the van. I wish more business owners had that mindset, Gardner, but yeah. they don't. Um, business owners are not activists for the most they, part uh, because they've got too much on the line. They believe they have too much to lose, and they're not willing to, to to risk that. And how many people, how many guys, how many times have you people, you guys run into people who, when you go to talk to them about something like that, if they're not already of this sort of inclination to listen and be aware mm-hmm. of these systemic immorality of government, the inefficiency of government, the dangers it puts you into, they, they don't even want to hear it. Ah, you know, I'm busy, blah, blah. Or, it, it, it mounted on top of that, is the general fear that the government gins up about terrorism. It's just, it's, it's amazing to me. And it all comes down to this, this whole thing of, you know, we're going to continue having this experience unless people realize that what the U.S. government is doing and has been doing, and, you know, you hate to get into a geopolitical conversation about this, but the fear of terrorism would not exist, or it wouldn't exist to this degree, 
if the United States had not been meddling in areas sure. that where it shouldn't be, be at all. Right. It's, you know. But it's impossible to have the conversation about terrorism without having a conversation about geopolitical, uh, yeah. you know, the the for, our our foreign policy, everything. You have to talk about it because people. It's the first thing people will bring up. Don't you know people want to kill us? They want to take down America. What, what, are, you, right. what are you talking about? They what, did. They took down America. Army? Actually, they gave the government the opportunity to take down America. Because what, you're less free than you were before. That's it, it. It's because of the government, not because of the terrorists. 800-259-9231. Of course, the government actually are the terrorists. More coming up. You bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Service restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include live streams, got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, even a webcam, as well as brand new Free Talk Live listen lines. Free Talk Live available to you 24 hours a day via any phone that can dial long distance. I'll give you the numbers here, but you can always go to listen.freetalklive.com and get them any old time. But uh, here's the listen line phone number. It's 217-238-6220. Dial it up on your cell phone or your home phone. As long as you can call long distance, make sure you know what your calling plan is. So, you know, you you need to be responsible for that. Obviously, we're not going to pay your cell phone bill if you rack up hundreds of minutes and have to pay for them. Uh, 217-238-6220. But a lot of cell phones have the free nights, the free weekends. So if you've got a uh, you know, free long distance, it's a great option for you. 217 217- 238-6220 for the Free Talk Live listen lines brought to you by startpage.com. Today, businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who have failed to pay their bills. They may be, you may believe that this debt only affects those industries or businesses. However, when people do not pay their bills, all consumers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know any businesses that require assistance with their collections, Tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI, they reposition companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. See their banner at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI. We are continuing the discussion here about the shakedown that occurred in Orlando's Greyhound bus station where over 689 or 689 people were essentially screened heavily by the TSA, the Sheriff's Department, the Orlando Police, and Border Patrol. Uh, ICE apparently was involved in this. And they came down, they shook people down, they took some of their stuff, they took a stun gun, they found a bullet, they uh, found five so-called illegal immigrants, which really seems to be the real reason for these uh, these searches, is to essentially hassle people, uh, to snag, you know, to snag brown people that are here trying to make a better life for themselves, and to, of course, also acclimate the American people to being uh, targets of random shakedowns. 
because none of these people that had come to the uh, the Greyhound bus station were expecting to have to go through this, but yet they were all forced to go through it should they have wanted to get on uh, the bus they had planned on getting on. A couple guys said they had specifically taken Greyhound because they expected they wouldn't have to deal with this, and now they have to deal with it, so they're saying, next time, we're going to drive to where we want to go. And my question, of course, is how long will it be before these stop becoming random sweeps and become regular sweeps? Sure. Become- what, what is the government's incentive not to do regular sweeps at all bus stations across America. I'm I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I, I'm shocked that the proposal hasn't come through from the TSA because all bureaucrats want to expand their yes. po- their purview and their power and the number of employees who work for them. Yes, uh, and and so expanding from the TSA checkpoints in the airports to every single Greyhound stop or the major Greyhound stops because most Greyhound buses are going through several major locations as well as some minor stops. So they could just start with the hubs like Atlanta and Tampa and places like that, Uh, Miami, all the major cities, the metros. They could move their TSA agents into there, and then they could probably triple or quadruple the the size of the TSA. And that means the budget would get much larger. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... Yeah, and it becomes routine, and people will become acclimated to it. And then a lot of other people will say, well, the hell with this. I'm not going to take the uh, the Greyhound uh, bus anymore. I'm going to go ahead and uh, you know maybe start operating a jitney cab and start taking people places in vans and whatever. They'll start operating outside of the Greyhound. Because what you've got here is a certain segment of the population. First of all, most people are willing to put up with the TSA, right? Yeah, I mean, travel's down. International travel is down uh, by 20%. And domestic lo- travel's down, too. Domestic travel is down as well, but still... Most people are putting up with it. They're going through the, the motions. Every or... time I make a decision as to whether or not I want to put up with the TSA, and some of the time I'm willing to. Sure. Mm. Um, so, so most people are just acclimating themselves and dealing with that. The rest of them have decided, okay, well, I'm either going to drive or take a Greyhound. And so now of those people that are taking Greyhounds, the more often these searches start happening, there's still that segment of people that are very, you know, I guess they care. They give a damn about their rights. Uh, they're going to say, oh, the hell with this Greyhound stuff. I'll just find a ride somewhere, take a cab, whatever it is I need to do. And so they're they're just avoiding the conflict. They're, they're trying to get away from it. Yeah. But eventually, if the government people have their way, they are likely going to spread to all the Greyhound stops. And then from there, it's going to go to the streets they're going to start doing random checkpoints i mean really i i don't feel un, i don't feel like that's an outrageous suggestion at this point i can't see what else the other options are i mean think of think of what the tsa's uh, thought process is we own the airport and by and large governments do own major airports yeah it's true um, local governments They're and local governments exception. essentially local governments at this point although the constitution doesn't say this essentially local governments get their power from the federal government because they get their money from the federal government yes. and so the tsa says um, you know the federal government says you want to travel across interstate lines you're going to have to you know let our agents uh, do their thing there so they own the airports they own the bus stations because well the bus stations that, you know they they give them the the license to do whatever business it is that they do so they the bus stations are going to let them do their business there they own the roads people you already can be stopped for any reason a cop wants to stop you. And they and, already and have the checkpoints in the southern and northern border regions. I don't mean right. at the border. I mean within the region. 50 miles in. Within 50 or 100 and miles in. Isn't yep. it amazing? There are so many facets. Just this one story that you found, Ian, uh, that, that come bubbling to the surface like, like methane from a swamp. You know, like mm-hmm. marsh gas, and watch out because it can ignite. Um, the, the you've got that interstate highway system, which they started. What was that? The fifties? They started that something like that. Yeah, yeah. and they've got 
This is the interstate highway system. Of course, they use an expansive interpretation of the interstate commerce clause to get away with this nonsense. It goes all the way back to the transcontinental railroad, which was also unconstitutional and bogus, and goes all in these weird, quirky, all sorts of weird directions. So it goes through different congressional districts because mm-hmm. the congressman wanted to bring it into their towns and so on. I mean, it's just it's so inefficient. It was bankrupt and in the red as it was being built. But then you've got the interstate commerce thing, which is brought in about a hundred years later, uh, the interstate highway s- uh, system, and that gives them their excuse to regulate your bus transportation, mm-hmm. your, your driver's licenses, and all this other nonsense. They've got interstate highways in Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, what, does that wow. ought to tell people how they manipulate the language, how they don't mm-hmm. go by the rules, how they do things for purposes that have nothing to do with any of the rules under which they swear they're going to operate? I mean, it, it, and and if if that doesn't get people upset, and it doesn't, then, and it doesn't, <laughs> no, then it doesn't. I don't know what does. Which means that we've got to congregate. We who do get upset yes. by these people, we've got to get together, we and can. we've got to stay together and grow in numbers in a Absolutely. concentrated area. Hence the Free State Project, yes. which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, but the other thing is that. One of the important factors, I think, to that congregation, that bringing people together, is that we bring people who are willing to uh, to make a stand and to say no and to refuse these uh, this onslaught, this continual onslaught against freedom, and and really having finding business owners that are willing to do this, I think, is going to be a pretty key factor because there are very very few of them. We've had uh, Carrie pa- uh, Paco Ellison on the show from uh, Charleston, uh, West Virginia, and he's one of them. And he's one of a select few. He's the guy that, in the face of a smoking ban, has basically told the health department, F you, I'm going to allow my customers to smoke in my bar. And it's been going on now for over a year. And, of course, they're going after him, and they're trying to hurt him because of it. But... uh, that and that's of course why most business owners won't take a stand because they, they you know they they might lose their business and so I hope we can change that over time maybe with enough community support. It's free talk live. This program is brought to you by freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, and uh, if you want, you can support the show by voting for us. And we do need your votes. Uh, It has been a very difficult month in the voting contest it's been most of the month that we've been in first place, but it hasn't been by many votes. Uh, Mark, earlier you told me we were only up by four. Yeah, so it, it hasn't been good. It's not. I, we really need to solidify our lead here. There are only a few more days left in October before we'll start asking for votes in November. I'm petrified that uh, you know what's going to happen here is we're going to break our winning streak since I think it was July of last year. We've been number one, and that was only one time out of like the last three years or two and a half years. Yeah, we broke our streak once, and then. And, right, so you don't want that to happen again. Right, I just I don't. It's it's uh it's nice to be able to tell advertisers we've been the number one podcast on the internet uh, for more than a year now, as 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 voted at podcastalley.com, and you know I'm 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 petrified that this big podcast is going to come out and and give their advice to their uh their listeners to vote right at the end of the month and wham they're going to scoot past us right at the end. 
Well, um, so we're asking you to vote for us at vote.freetalklive.com. That's all we can do is ask, because we certainly would never consider making you do so. Uh, so please take a moment, go to vote.freetalklive.com, and cast your vote for Free Talk Live. You'll only need your email address to do it. That's used to verify that you're a real-life human being, not a robot. Uh, go to vote.freetalklive.com. You can only do it once per month. So if you've already done it this month, thank you. Uh, of course, we'll ask you to do it again in, no- in November. But Otherwise, I'm going to start using guilt. I mean, that's, that's, the, next, that's the next step here. <laughs> if you haven't voted, uh, please do. Thank you for Jack, my 18-month-old child. <laughs> vote please. Free talk vote live. Vote dot free talk do you, live. Make your vote count for once. <laughs> there you go. It does. It does make a difference in this case. Uh, so, hey, by the way, are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? Of course you should! Whether you would or not, I don't know. That's up to you. You can. You can join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. I know that when I heard of this idea a few years back, I guess it's been about six years or so, six or seven years, it seemed like a no-brainer to me. I thought, my gosh, I have to get involved in this because where I was, I was so alone. There weren't anyone else, uh, wasn't anyone else around that was willing to really do anything significant toward advancing liberty in our lifetime. Yeah, sure, they'd support a political campaign once every two or four years, however often that came up. And when I say support, I don't mean very much. They would you know, send a few bucks in. Some of them you might be able to get to help fold some flyers and they, they would get involved to some extent, but not like I've seen happen up here in New Hampshire. I used to put a yard sign up every year when, I, when our candidate. There you yeah. go. That's yeah, something. that's it. I mean, that, and that's the level of involvement that you got if you were yeah. lucky. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but up here in New Hampshire, as part of the Free State Project, uh, I see so much activism. I can't catalog it all. There's so much happening. It's impossible to keep track of it, and it's so exciting what's what's going on. There are hundreds of people that have already made the move here to New Hampshire. Gardner, you're a New Hampshire native. You've seen yeah. the influx happening here over yeah. the past several years, and of course, every year I think more people come than the year prior to uh, this year. So in '07 there was X, in '07 there was X plus however many, or in in '08, in '09 there's been more than. Uh, it's than growing. The movement's crazy. growing. I mean, yeah. you, people people can say what they want about the the Free State Project being. Dead and some people have have wished that that were so, and it's just not so. It's it's growing. It is, and it is. more people are coming, and it's great, and uh, and people are getting active. And if they're if there's not what they want to see happening, they can just start their own thing, and people will get on board with it. Uh, that's pretty much how it works up here. Is if there's something you want to do, and it's not already being done, just get it started, and people will jump on, and they'll help you with that. And the the activists that are here in New Hampshire that have moved here as part of the Free State Project are waiting. For this, this, these opportunities. This is a crucial time for people who believe in freedom and who want to move on their principles to start getting closer to people who work and do the same thing as they as they can. Because there is a storm that's starting, and you got to be in the right spot. And if uh, if you're not close to freedom people, you're going to have a really hard time in your life. I am so so much more. I guess social than I've ever been in my life too. Which is true. I'd like to point that out, uh, and I'm not the only one who, who's told this story. That I've heard it from at least two other activists, uh, fairly prominent activists up here in, in the movement. That prior to moving to New Hampshire, they were very inward. They were uh, essentially excluding themselves from social interactions because they felt as though they were the only ones who felt this way. That all of their associates or their 
people that they might consider their friends were not of the same mindset as they were, even though they might have been compatible in other areas. On the freedom issue, they just weren't compatible, and so they weren't really getting along with people. They wouldn't go out of their houses very much, and I was the same way uh, before. I mean, I was going out doing as much as I could, but it was usually me that was starting the uh, the various different activism down in uh, Sarasota, Florida, where I come from. Um, up here, there's so much to do. There's so much to get involved with. There's so many social events. Uh, there are things like like movie night is something that the uh, the activists do every week uh, here in the the Monadnock region of New Hampshire. Just a get together for people that want to hang out and, and enjoy a movie together. I think they're actually watching Penn and Teller's BS uh, yeah. instead of movies right now. But they get together and they have fun. Uh, of course, there's uh, there's social events that are happening regularly. We've got uh, civil disobedience. Of course, the the politics thing is happening here in a way that I've never seen anywhere else. They're really uh, covering so many different bases that has never been covered before. The New Hampshire Liberty Alliance out there doing incredible work at nhliberty.org. I could just gush about this for an entire segment, uh, but the, you know the reason we I'm really focusing on it here is because we've been talking about these crackdowns, the Greyhound bus station being essentially right. It's a raid. America, basically. do you think it's getting better? I mean, what, do you think it's going to get better, better, America? That no. somehow you're going to get. The Republicans back in, and and suddenly liberty is going to get better. As the, uh, you know, it it it's not. No, I I I I'm all for the internet, and I love what some people are doing around the nation. But unless liberty activists get collected in a specific vicinity, I don't see any change. I may be wrong, but I hope you're wrong. Prove I, me wrong. I, but... I, I I wish I I wish somebody could explain to me how it is that they believe that they can do something for liberty that has that isn't just a drop in the bucket mm-hmm. and and you know i have to say for those people who are more on the political side of things maybe they aren't uh, fully anti-state if you're thinking about trying to change something systemically structurally uh in the united states then this is still the best way to do it because oh, yes you got to get here it's uh, actually you, happening here it is happening exactly it is happening i don't here. know what's happening for the the people that might can call themselves anarchists or voluntarists or anything like that i don't know many of them are um involved in the political process but um you know they they believe that they can they can get there step by step I, and i, and I on, see that as the only possibility on both fronts we're seeing amazing strides forward here in the keen area you guys have shaken things up so much so much here it it is unbelievable, and people from all around the world should be seeing what's going on here. You know, it is it is stunning. Then at the same time, you've got some people who, if 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 we can see what's coming, if we know that, for example, we're talking about United States international policy, if we know that our our lives are put at that much tiny greater risk because of United States international policy. And our civil liberties are being put at tremendous risk because of the United States government and general populist reaction to bad U.S. policy. Then, we're, you know, if we're thinking that we're going to change something, it's going to be very difficult unless you get, if you're working in the political world, unless you get some state government to start to shake the Say foundations. No to the feds. Exactly. Yeah. Say, get away, get away, stop it. You you know, Gar- do it. We were talking about something during uh, one of the breaks, and you were mentioning a conversation you'd had. You'd run into your aunt and uncle, I oh, guess, yeah. 
What, yeah. what happened there? Because oh, right. this, is a, this, I'm sure, is a, is a conversation that people are having across the country. Yeah. Uh, I, I just happened to walk into a Borders, and uh, in, uh, I love going in. I see my uncle, and he's the brother of my mom, and his wife. And they are traditional conservative Republicans, very conservative Republicans. What a surprise here in New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. They're actually just over the border of Massachusetts, and they oh my go gosh. crazy living down there. Yeah. And uh, – so, but but you know, a lot of the traditional conservatives have been, I think, uh, suckered in by a lot of the neocon arguments. Sure, they have. And just to lay into it a little, uh, um, little uh, tidbit, a little uh, appetizer here. I often get the emails from them about the dangers, you know, forward, forward, regard, regard, radical Islam on the march, da 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 da. Be scared. Yeah. Be afraid. Han- Sean Hannity says da da da, and so I. So we'll talk about your, them. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk about your discussion here in a moment at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up whatever you want, even in these remaining moments. It's free talk live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and uh, the features include the Facebook profile. Go to facebook.freetalklive.com to become a fan. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. By the way, coming up after our radio show is done, we'll be doing an extended Internet-only edition. So if you're streaming at freetalklive.com or libertyradionetwork.com, you'll be able to continue uh, listening to that. And so uh, stay tuned for that if you are on the Internet Feeds. Uh, right. Gardner, we were talking a Yo. moment ago about you running into your aunt and uncle at a yeah. bookstore, and you mentioned that these are, at least the uh, the both of them, I suppose, are so-called conservative Republicans, yeah. and they like to send you things via email forwards. Of course, they haven't written anything. This happens anything. to everybody, yeah, I'm sure. In they, fact, during the break, I just deleted a bunch of them. Uh, they haven't and, written uh, them themselves. No, They're just forwarding no. a bunch of fear-mongering garbage. Um, yeah, so continue yeah. your story. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, sometimes it is useful, but it, it, gets, it gets frustrating and irritating at times because they have bought into something that they haven't challenged. And... Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it struck me one day I was on the, on doing my old talk show and I just sat there and, and I posed this question to them and I said, I said, look, I understand you're very worried about radical Islam. You know, I get these things and, and so on. And I said, what is it about radical Islam that worries you? What are they going to do? You know, and it's not, oh, well, they might attack and kill innocent people here and there, you know, which is what they will do and continue to do unless the United States government changes its policy. It is, oh, they're trying to take down the United States. They're trying to destroy us, us in the universal. The nation. Yes, exactly. So I said, and I know that there are only a couple options here for their, for their minds to travel. So I say, well, what do you mean by that? Take down, take down the United States. What is that? Because no one questions that. They're trying to destroy our way of life. They're trying. What do you? What do you mean? What? Please be specific. 
So she says, well, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to take down the government of the United States. And, they're, and I was like, well, how are they going to do this? How are they going to take down the help U.S.? <laughs> yes, well, exactly. Believe me, if, if, these, if that's what they wanted, Ian, you absolutely don't want they're going to put, put in their place. And that's the problem. No, you're right. Well, I mean, and, and, but it's, you know, in their eyes, I, I said, what exactly do you mean? What is the, what is the end goal here? Do they, do they want to replace the United States government and invade the United States with just billions of troops. How are they going to do that? The, the is, radical Islamic nations are mostly third world nations, except for those that have used their oil resources, and they don't have massive armies. They don't have air forces. They don't have navies and subs. So what's the plan to take over and have Islamic soldiers marching through Iowa? What you did know, they say? Um, and so, so, and I, I phrased it a little, little more nicely. Sure. And, and so I said, I, I just said, I, I basically negated that as a possibility. It's like, look, you know, Aunt, Aunt Rosemary, they're not going to do that. They're not going to invade the U.S. They can't. It, it's not going to happen. So she's like, well, they're gonna, they're gonna try to change us. So, in other words, they're going to assimilate. And and get in and convert people to Islam in the United States by either putting seed pods under their beds or hypnosis yeah. on Lost or something. Right, because those uh, Christians, conservative Christians out there, are just going to fall right in line with all right. that. Right, and so then the next step in your logic chain says, well then, if you're worried about terrorism... And you want to try to, we got to stop terrorism. we got to stop terrorism. we got to stop this radical Islamic, uh, Islamic. Their goal is not to go in and assimilate and slowly take over. They're sending people out on suicide attacks. So I said, so what they're doing is getting more people to like Islam in America or dislike Islam yeah, in America. It's completely counter to exactly. what they're stating the goal is. Exactly. So even so so it always reaches a, it always reaches a dead end on their logic chain. They can't support Star. this. Yes. And and you, they sit there and then so eventually she says, "Yeah, but" Right. And she goes back ground, to her original thinking. The gears have ground to a halt. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're entering into that cognitive dissonance area yeah, yeah, where, yeah. oh boy, I could be wrong. I can't be wrong. Sean Hannity said this. Yes, right. exactly. And it's this Fox. is where it all comes down to. The, the, uh, the, the people that uh, believe this stuff... They believe it like they believe the preacher. He mm-hmm. said it. He studies it. It's a cult of personality issue. They're not. He. They. They just do a little touch toning. They don't. They don't actually think about the issue. The guy sounds right. He's an expert. I know that he's got a bevy of people behind him doing a, a great deal of research. He's got wonderful hair. Whatever the reason is, <laughs> he must be right. I know he does his research. I know he's right. You must be wrong because he's right. And you should shut up because I know he's right. Yeah. I can't defend it. I don't do what he does for a living. You should talk to him because I know he's right. And, sometimes, and that's what they want. Sometimes, but if you do call in and talk to Sean Hannity, you will get two <laughs> tops minutes. Oh, yeah. You'll yeah. get a chance to make a statement. You may get a you chance get to make seconds. a rebuttal to what he has to say. Yeah. But then you're dropped off the line and yes. flushed down the toilet. And you'll never you, – you just – you can't he, make these arguments. He did that to me. I called in once, and he was saying that uh, he, he thought they were, the Democrats were being very hypocritical, Mark, because they had voted to send the troops out into Iraq, and now they were voting to defund the troops. They weren't giving them what they needed to survive out there in Iraq in this war. They voted for the declaration of war, and now they're not funding the war. 
So I called up and I said, look, you know, Hannity, you, you make a great point to, about the Democrat hypocrisy. Some of them could have changed their minds. Maybe they changed their minds. I mean, we've got to give them that. But I understand what you're saying there. But you make a fundamental error because we're not at war. And here's a guy who's who's poking fun at, at Bill Clinton for talking about uh, redefining the meaning of the word is. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he pokes fun at that. And he says to me, well, it depends what your definition of the, the word is. war is. Nice. <laughs> Just, ah! Wow. What any, do you say to any, that? Yeah, any means necessary to get to the end result. So, so when, you're, when, yeah. you're, when, uh, when your aunt and uncle went yeah. back around at the beginning, yeah. how did so, you address that? So this, the final point that I had to make, was, I said, look, I, I just had to lay it out. I said, look, I'm, I can't shake you at, sort of out of this thought process except by telling you what bin Laden did to recruit people, which had nothing to do with American culture. It had nothing to do with trying to take over America or anything like that. It had to do with – and, you know, whether his his – his arguments that he gave to those guys were totally on the up and up, and he really wanted to take over Saudi Arabia or whatever. I don't care. Whatever. I don't know. But it was the United States is allied with the Zionist Israelis. The United States has bases on sacred Saudi soil. The United States has an embargo against Iraq, which is killing innocent women and children. And, you know, you can talk about bin Laden and, and all the, the U.N. and the oil stuff. And the United States is making flights over Iraq and bombing and killing people. Okay. It had nothing to do with we must destroy the great Satan and let's, you know, that's what Coca-Cola, he used. Coca-Cola, Britney Spears, Yeah, the guys who went Hollywood. to Germany and plotted the 9-11 attacks, you know, those guys, that's what they read That's that got them to say, yeah, that is the jihad. That's the sacred jihad to protect the Middle East, Muhammad's homeland. It has nothing to do with, you know, Swank magazine. Yeah. I mean, right. it's, just, it's like, I mean, just, you know, to pick one of our all of our favorites, of course. Yeah. Um, it all comes back to Swank, baby. Hey, you know. So, I, so anyway, so I just explained. I was like, look, you got to think about what is inspiring more, more of this. And if you look at things like the Obama administration, all the peace-loving people out there in the Democrat side were always like, oh, George Bush is evil, and he's doing bad things. Yeah, he's doing bad things. Guess what, everybody? Obama's continuing them. As, as a That's great right. report on Rachel Maddow's show, I mentioned this off the air to the, to the guys, um, they, they talked to a woman who has a really good report in the Atlantic Monthly about the fact that those killer drones have been used more in the nine and a half months, ten months of Obama's presidency just in this time than the last three years of the Bush administration presidency. And who are they killing? Uh, they have killed... They they estimate a thousand civilians in Afghanistan. Wow! As they've killed twenty or twenty five Al Qaeda leaders, who of course will be replaced. Absolutely. And they're going to engender. Well, gee, you think more people might resent the fact that their weddings are being bombed? Yeah. I. It's just. It's go ahead. Nonsense. Kill a, kill a man's family and see what he does. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Yeah. It's. I it's, mean, if I guess that's the, the the way you have to turn it around is if. The Islamo fascists came over here and they did something that killed my wife and my child. Like maybe I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to find some random Islamic people that look the same and I'm going to kill them. And you know what? Maybe that's what I'll do. You know what's interesting, Mark? It brings it back to the TSA arguments because in their minds, their calculus is always within the 
oh, well, I'll put up with it because those dangerous people are out there. Right. We'll stop messing with the people, and they'll stop being dangerous. All right. We're out of time for the radio show. Uh, We'll be back. More radio show tomorrow night, same time, same place. Online, of course, in the meantime, at freetalklive.com. And if you are online listening to our streams, stick around. We've got an extended Internet edition coming up shortly. We'll see you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. Register now for the Republican Liberty Caucus of New Hampshire's Liberty in 2010 reception. Dr. Thomas Woods, the New York Times best-selling author of Meltdown, will be explaining the economic crisis and the role of the Federal Reserve. Successful investment fund manager Larry Lepard will share his perspective on the meltdown, including advice on how to protect your investments. Proceeds will be used to help pro-liberty Republican candidates win their primaries in 2010. Register at nhrliberty.org. That's nhrliberty.org. Talk Live, extended edition, internet only, which means as our wonderful announcer Zeus there intoned, there is no FCC. So, open phones as always, 603-435-1105, already got a call on the line. Mark, you wanted to share an email here in a moment, Gardner sticking around, which is not called for, but wonderful at the same time. Very happy to be here, man. Because uh, you do have to drive somewhere when you get out of here, and no it's problem. not across town here in Keene, unfortunately. But maybe someday. Maybe, maybe someday. someday. Uh, but yeah, Gardner Goldsmith is here from LibertyConspiracy.com. Normally, right after this show ends, when you're tuned in to LibertyRadioNetwork.com, you hear Gardner Goldsmith because he comes up immediately after the Onion Radio News. And which thank starts... you for setting me up like that, man. This is a great idea what you put together. Ingenious, well, my friend. Well, I don't yes. know about that, but uh, but the Liberty Radio Network is is uh, something that features some of the best liberty-oriented shows out there, podcast uh, shows on the Internet. And yours is one of the most frequently updated. So that's why you're at the top of the list. Um, because if you only did it once a week, I'd have to put you down toward more yes. of the bottom of yeah. the show. But shows. what is the bottom of the list, though? I mean, uh, shows we, that are updated less often. No, no, no. Um, so we're number one because it's Free Talk Live that's putting it on. Gardner's number two. So they just go in order anyway. So there's no real top of the list because they just cycle through, right? Right. There is there is a top of the list in that Gardner is first, um, and then, well, the Onion Radio News is first, and then Gardner, uh, and then I don't have the list in front of me right now. But, but uh, it's it, the, the list rotates. Right, but it's in a certain order, and okay. it's in the order of, do, am I making sense here? It's it's you are making like, sense, but it's it sounds like... Free Talk Live is the engine, and the other ones are the caboose, so well, you free come talk, in after Free Talk Live, and you got it rolling. And Free and, Talk Live only is airing live on the Liberty Radio Network. You cannot hear archives of Free Talk Live on the Liberty Radio Network. You can only hear us doing the show live. So during the daytime, uh, during non-Free Talk Live live hours, it does go in a loop. Our podcasts are looped, and they're looped in an order... That has to do with the amount of times they're produced. So the more often they're produced, the earlier they appear in the in the start of the loop. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mark? It makes perfect okay. sense. It just seems of, of mitigable value since it goes in a loop. It's just the way I decided to order things. That's okay. fine. I could have done it randomly, but it makes more sense this way. Gardner, that way, it, you get a gold star. Here's, here's why it, it makes sense. If you're, if you're listening to the Liberty Radio Network, and you're hearing a certain show, you can go to libertyradionetwork.com and you can see what shows appear in what order. 
So you can identify what's on based on, on the, the show schedule. But at the same time, it also makes it so that if you're hearing Gardner's show, you know you're tuned into the more recent shows. If you're hearing Gard and whatever comes after him and whatever comes after that, you know that those are the more recent shows. Whereas if you're later in the loop... It's likely that yeah, you're hearing something yeah. you might have already heard if you've listened. Like, the Liberty Radio Network is pretty much something you can listen to once a week and get all new content on a once-a-week basis. But if you listen more than once a week, then you're going to hear the same show if you listen for long enough, right? Like, the Wheels yeah. Off Liberty guys are really, really talented, but they're only doing one show a week. Um, so if you're listening on Monday and you listen again on Thursday for long enough, you'll hear the same show. Right on. But if you're only listening to the beginning portion, you'll hear newer shows more often, the beginning portion of that loop. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Uh, 603-435-1105. We're going to get to some ludicrous email here in a moment. Uh, but first, we go to the phones, unscreened calls, of course. You're on the air on Free Talk Live on Internet uh, Only Edition. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, I just called during the show. I hope it's all right if I called again. I was pulled over on my way home. Oh, <laughs> my, my God. By the way. <laughs> wow. This yeah. is, who is this? This is uh, Michael. I called about how okay. I was... Uh, Yes, I, I was videotaping, and oh, yeah, that wow. situation happened. Was it the same yeah, cop I, that pulled you over? Were, yeah, and were you on your motorcycle? Yeah, I was on motorcycle. Uh-huh. Yep, same same cop. Same and, you know, cop. The, the, I, I didn't get to, at the end of the I didn't get to say at the end of the call, but they were circling around the store waiting for me to leave. Wow! <laughs> oh my God! Now, what, for people who who might not have have joined us now, uh, what happened was someone with whom you worked had a DUI. And uh, the cop who had got, uh, who had uh, pulled her aside for that like a night before, I think, uh, came in front of your restaurant slash store place and started photographing her car. And so you called your wife and said, can you get my video camera over here as soon as possible? The cop left for a few minutes, came back with a better camera and started taking more pictures. You got him on video. You went outside. Her boyfriend showed up, right? Well, he, he was walking the dog and just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then and it was fairly intimidating procedure yes, for you yes. because you'd never done it before. And, and the cops arrived and gave Cops are scary. Yeah. They called the they called backup, and now you're saying oh, yeah. that this cop targeted you when you left work tonight. Yep, exactly. Uh, I even asked somebody to follow me, but uh, because I forgot, I've been doing this for months because I only live three minutes from the work, and mm-hmm. the speed limit is 25 miles an hour. I don't ride with any uh, helmet or eye protection, so apparently that's a violation to ride without any viol- you know, mm. eye protection or a helmet. And so he pulled me over for that, and then asked me um, how long have I been li- living in Kentucky, and I said, you know, I, I respectfully decline to answer any questions, and uh, that's those are my violations basically. My wife was watching him from our house, and he was making m- numerous phone calls. So I got failure to notify DOT of address change. Failure to register a transfer of motor vehicles, and then the not having eye protection and not having helmet while on over 21 years of age. This is this is what they do to target people. That's what they this do. This is how yeah. they do it. Unbelievable. Yep. Serving and protecting, right? You know, right. I feel very protected <laughs> right now. Oh, so, aren't you glad you're leaving? Right, right <laughs> yeah. when you are ready to leave, what are you going to do about exactly. this? Exactly. Well, I have a court date 11:30. You know, I and I on the free team boards, I've you know left messages. I was going to move in with David. I have a, a sleeping arrangement set up with that, and I'm not sure exactly, because <laughs> I do have a court date, and I guess I, I'm honestly, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. So uh, I just thought I'd let you guys know that, you know, the police really will go after you if, uh, oh, yes. you, you know, 
Get in their face. We know. <laughs> it sure is we're, good. We're clear. Yeah. There's, there's such such uh, model citizens out there working to serve and protect as they circle around your block over and over and over again because I, apparently they just yep. wanted to protect your block a lot. So now these yeah. are traffic offenses, right? Uh, was well, DOT offense. DOT. So what could happen Failure is if notified. you... Right. If you don't go to the court date, then you'll get a failure to appear, and right. then they'll have a warrant out for your arrest, and they'll yep. possibly suspend your driver's license. Yeah. And so this could be a real mess if you ever decide to go back to, was it Kentucky, where you are? Yeah. Yeah, I'll never come back here, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have to go to court, you know. I don't. I mean, the whole point of me moving up was to get involved with everything up there. Yeah, these things yeah, follow you, too. I mean, it's not like they're just yeah. going to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to just go away. What do you think about the whole, he said, if I don't answer any questions, he'd put me in custody. I, I rewatched the video. Those were his exact words. Is that a color of law violation, right? I mean. Oh, wait. Now, somebody was videotaping when you when you got pulled over? Your friend? No, or no, this, no, is, just, this is earlier. You know, My recommendation earlier. to you is yeah. to do whatever yeah. you have to do to get out of this, man. That's my recommendation. Yeah, I, I don't think you should fight this. You should stick around in Kentucky and fight some color of law violation and try to bring Kentucky back into heel, um, it, you know, it, from from being a complete police state. That's the idea right. of the Free State Project. You're you're right, you're, right. you're you're getting too amped up this oh, is, two weeks before you go. Right. This is one of the reasons yep. why I highly recommend that people go ahead and and stay under the radar where you're at. Yep. It can be tempting to practice, you know. This kind of uh, yeah, that's police, why I did it. <laughs> right? Yes, right. It's yes. very tempting. I mean, you want to feel like, oh, well, I can do this down here. Sure, it's not a problem. Yep. But it is a problem, as you, you're going to find out. You're likely going to have to. I mean, you were you were preparing for a move, and I don't what your I don't know what your financial situation is, but uh, for a lot of people, you know, they they just have enough money to move and maybe subsist for uh, you know several weeks up here, or a few months. Uh, but now you're probably going to have to pay hundreds of dollars in fines or yep. community. Not to services. mention what what's going to happen with a lease, because uh, probably you're not old enough. To uh, to have your own home and and you know to have that kind of those kind of roots in or whatever and uh, it leases are are this insidious thing where you have once a year to move. Mm. Well, I, I mean, actually, everything worked out. I mean, I, just on a side note, the lease is up soon. Anyway, that's why I moved. <laughs> sure, but what's going to happen when you have to go back for this uh, this court case? Are you going to sleep on the oh. street? Oh no! I mean, uh, we, I have family. Okay, good. That, that live here, so right. I, I do have something I can do. Well, maybe so you just, can yeah. turn it into, you know, some sort of a statement to the judge afterwards. Uh, I don't know what you can do, <laughs> or write up an op-ed, or you know, uh-huh. whatever. You know, it's uh, the judge it's, cares about the miscarriages yeah, really, of justice here. You know, but, yes, uh, they do. He's he's completely. You know, just just uh, just to let him know, hey, you know, some people are turned on to this sort of uh, bullying and coercion. Right. Yeah, uh, well, my, I am going to take it to the news media. Uh, I was just taking the news media because, I, as I mentioned, this agency of police, they killed the de- other deputy's yeah. dog. It became very big news in Kentucky in this area because of that, yeah. of what happened. So it, the news will just jump at that. They have another situation to jump on the same police you know, department. Right. I, I hope, you, I, I hope all the, the best of luck for that. Yeah, let us know, what, let us know what happens there. And, and anything else you want to yeah. share tonight, Michael? That's about it. Thanks for the call. I'm yep. sorry to hear that Thanks. happen, but I can't say it wasn't unexpected. Thank you, dude, and good <laughs> right. luck out there. Exactly. And we'll hopefully Bye-bye. see you sooner rather than later. Uh, 603-435-1105. So reason right there and to not mess yeah. with the establishment where you are unless well, this you're happened prepared to both, for this. This happened to both Sam and to uh, Brian Travis. Uh, both of them, you know, wanted to practice, mm-hmm. and they did, and it, it, you know, it was very costly for them. 
And yeah, and yeah. Sam's still paying for it, quite honestly. And it, you know, his question about uh, being in the situation where the cop says, "If you don't answer my questions, I I, I can arrest you." Um, you know, I don't know what the, the what the Kentucky statutes are, uh, so it's difficult to answer that sort of question. Um, Seems unlikely. Not, yeah, it would seem very unlikely to me because uh, well, I think we the have standard a- is is pretty clear. You got to have probable cause to be asking these sorts of questions, and you're not impeding any sort of investigation, are you? Is that what they would try to get you on? Who knows? Disorderly conduct, disobeying an officer. Yeah, they have that, the, the charges they can pull up. out. Yeah, they can yeah. just pull it out. Yeah. So, uh, so another example of why I recommend you just keep. If you're coming here to New Hampshire, keep your head down. Uh, you know, get, go along to get along until you get here. And if you want to make a stand, make your stand here, where you can have other people backing you up uh, that are you know going to come to the court trials, that are going to give you moral support. That in you know if you if you end up in jail, are going to do their best to help you out uh, from on the outside. You're all alone where you are. And that's one of the major reasons to get here is to is to be around people who give a give a damn mm. about your situation, and and it's not perfect here. I'm not saying that you're going to have a, a huge outpouring of support. We still don't have it a whole lot of people up here. Only a few hundred people spread across New Hampshire. But the more people we can get here, the better the support network's going to become. The more likely we're going to have people setting up organizations to really help out. We have the CD Evolution Fund. It's still kind of in the uh, the initial phases. CDEvolution.org. It's a way that you can help support people that are doing civil disobedience. But I think that we need to have either CD Evolution expand or other alternative organizations start up. You know, to help people out with feeding the dogs and the cats and whatever, taking care of uh, of paying rent and stuff like that. Um, because it's not easy when somebody when somebody goes to jail. And one thing's for sure, if you go into a courtroom in Kentucky or wherever you are and you try some of the same tactics that have worked here in New Hampshire, like saying, well, I don't believe in extortion, so I'm not going to pay your fines, how's that going to go? Yeah. How's that going to go in Kentucky if you try that? Just curious. I don't, I don't think it would go too well. No. And I think we've had success with that because there have been other people backing up the individual that has right. been taking the that The idea position. of the Free State Project is to, get to, is to offer you support. I understand why you would want to go out and practice. I get it. But the fact is that these, these police, the reason there are the shocking videos, the reason you want to move for the Free State Project is the reason that you should leave these people alone. Yeah. Yeah, I'll admit the camera is the new gun, but you draw a gun on a police officer and you see what happens. They, they yep. consider these cameras to be threats to their they are threats, they are threats. to their live, livelihood to what it is that they do and they're going to treat you in it. that manner they will stop your threat <laughs> if you act like you're in um, part of the free state project when you're in some other state you're going to be treated like any other criminal and it is not going to be easy and it is going to delay your ability to move let's continue here another unscreen call this one on the amp line you're on free talk live extended internet edition Hey, it's Alex in New Hampshire. Hey, Alex, what's hey. on your mind tonight? Mark, uh, what were your what are your true emotions um, regarding your family being killed? I know that you said them very briefly before the show ended. Would you really go out and kill some random like people? Are are you that emotionally attached to your family? I'm pretty emotionally attached to my family. I don't think that it would be um, would make much sense to go out and just kill people um, if my family was was killed. But do you understand how somebody could possibly? come to that conclusion because people think in groups and so therefore they may think well those americans did this and they don't think entirely rationally after their loved ones have been slaughtered right um, you know I'm, i i understand how they may feel that way but i don't understand how i could ever feel that way 
uh, it's kind of sad. Like, I don't really feel too much emotion toward my family, my biological family anyway. You know what I mean? So... It's it's kind of like well you're talking about you know, the you're reverse. also 19 years old and pissed um, and y- your your emotions are going to change throughout life. Well, he's also talking about the reverse situation of family. He's talking about the family he was born into. Yours right. is the family you chose. Right. My, my mine's my wife. I chose to marry her. Mine's my child. I chose to uh, to have him. There are not very many parents out there that dislike their children. Um, you know, they they may be cold towards them because that's what they think that they're supposed to do or whatever it is that they believe. Um, families are supposed to operate like however chemically your children are the people that you love the most in, in the world yeah right because you know society tells you that you know you should love your parents and you should love your family and all this other stuff but you know i don't want to sound like an asshole but you know <laughs> i don't really feel any emotion uh towards them i don't know if uh if anything happened to them if i would be really all that upset and, i can't you know, blame you kind for of like a as, I, I can't blame you for feeling that way, um, it, and it has to do with the way your parents treat you, I think. Um, and I know that for me, I just don't feel that much toward my mother. My dad, I, I still like him. Uh, my mom, she's nice uh, enough, but I don't have a connection with her. I, in fact, my con- whatever connection I had with her as, as a kid growing up has you know, been severed to some extent because she has been so intolerant of my viewpoint uh, over time and... and She's not interested in in me and what I'm interested in. She's just she's got her own thing and she wants me to be her her precious little son or whatever. But at the same time, she only wants to talk about pleasantries and things yeah. like the weather. And and I you know I can go and talk to anybody about the weather. Uh, why do I need to talk to to you? But uh, so so essentially, she's not interested in me. Why should I be interested in her? Is is my perspective? If we had Julia on the show tonight, she would be talking about her dad and how much of an asshole he's been to her. In right, uh, in well, his there's life. a difference between um, your parent being an asshole and your parent disagreeing with you on politics. And I think that it's it is a what's that? Not the former. It's, it's the latter, not the former. Not the former. Yeah. Okay. You know. for, for you, it is the latter, not the former. Right. Okay. And, you know, and well, this is the point that I want to make here, Alex, is that I think that this is this is where Ian sort of trips himself up as he he read uh, how to be free in an unfree world. And it was the Bible. And so he's decided that he gets to pick his own family and, you know, he'll just flush the old one. But your emotions change. You are nothing but a combination of your of the chemicals in your brain. And your emotions absolutely will change over time, and I think that you're going to find a certain level of loss if you just cut your parents loose, um, and because they agree with you, disagree with you on some areas of politics. And, and no, let not, me just you know, mention. I'm... Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's sorry. what Ian's saying, though. Yeah, go ahead, and I'll, I'll bring my point up in just a minute. Go ahead, man. It's it's not. It's see, I'm not. You know, planning on cutting them loose. That's not the. It's just the way that. That I feel I'm not emotion. going to. And, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. on national radio saying it. You don't think that cements? You don't think that saying something brings it more into reality? You don't think saying it to a hundred thousand people brings it more into reality? It's probably part of something larger, though, because I'm I'm such a rational, logical person that I don't really feel too much emotion towards anything or anyone. Well, yeah, however, however, I would I would uh, hasten a guess that uh, when you see principles breaking down, when you see people operating opposite to rationality, when they're operating illogically, when they're operating immorally in ways that you find reprehensible, violent ways. 
that bothers you, I would take it, right? Because to well, me, sure. it's the same. And it was the same thing for my mom. And I'll just just tell you from personal experience, um, you know, sort of uh, sort of tying into what Ian said, and and in what Mark said, uh, you know, at you hate to hear somebody say, well, at your age or at this position or whatever, but from it's my... It's the gosh darn truth. Yeah, the only thing you can do is sort of survey the, the ground that you've trod in the past. And, and the, the ground that I've trod in the past and, and seen things, uh, I always got along great with my dad. My mom was sort of a, a, a tempest in a teapot type person. She sometimes would sort of flip out. She would She had a very, very intense temper, and sometimes she would be complaining about things a lot. And uh, so it was difficult at times to deal with my mom, and uh, she had a really weird way to recursively uh, deal with argumentation where if you were defending yourself against something she said, the very act of defending yourself was an attack on her, and it became difficult. So there were some so there were some personal problems that I had with my mom over the years. Now, both of my parents have passed away. Um, I love both of my parents, and even though I know that you know, my mom had some hang-ups that she dealt with and so on. Um, over time, what becomes interesting is you you can start to see them as two younger people trying to live their lives and produce for their family and love their kids. And, you know, the things that my mom used to do for me when I was a kid, um, you know, things that I didn't like, it, it, you can't help but recognize that eventually you say to yourself, oh, geez, you know, it's... I, I really uh, I feel so strongly about them. Now, um, if for some people it might be different, uh, but in in my eyes, um, it is really unavoidable that this sort of thing, it, for most people, this sort of thing occurs. Uh, you're brought up by these people emotionally, chemically, as 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 Mark said, you can't avoid this sort of feeling. And if you if you do disconnect because you, you disagree. Um, just remember there are a lot of years to come. So if you do it, even though you don't feel uh, the real bonding with your folks that, that you think would be appropriate or you think other people feel, just you know play it cool, keep your cards close to your chest and say, hey, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna think badly of them, but you know over time we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. I can't change their minds. I'm gonna stand up and try to do the best I can. And remember, man, the blood that's in you was genetically also blood that was in your parents it's meaningless in their well, parents that's that's meaningless guard I just, no see i don't hate them i just don't feel any strong emotion right serial and, killers are really quite often intelligent hey, alex yeah. serial killers are quite often intelligent uh in, in methodical logical individuals that feel no compassion whatsoever yeah, for right. their families right and i mean and, i'm not saying you're a serial killer but is this the the direction that you want to move not really. Okay. No, no. and that's, I mean, this is how society views what you're saying. This and, is like this is how far detached from reality it is. If your father knocks your teeth out, cut him loose. If he disagrees with you on politics, give him a little room. He hasn't said he's cutting his family loose. I think he's you guys are right, jumping. He's right there doing the same bullcrap that you're doing. I haven't no, cut no, them no. loose. When was the last time you saw your mom? I, I saw her more recently her. than you did. I haven't seen her, I but I've down, talked I to went, her. When I was down in Florida last, I went down to the thrift shop just to, you know, just say hi to the lady. Look, See, I don't I think wait you guys a minute, are that far on, apart. Really. Hold I'm on just, a second here. Yeah. I haven't cut her loose. It's... I still talk to her. I'm still pleasant with her. I'm not mean to her. I haven't told her anything nasty. I haven't said anything mean to her, anything like that. It's just that 
she's not really somebody that I'm really that concerned with. She doesn't mean much to me. So I think that I can empathize with what Alex is saying. Oh, I agree here. that you can empathize that, very, that, very clearly with what he's that saying. He's got other priorities in his life, and they don't include uh, building a relationship with people that he doesn't feel connected with. Am I, am I interpreting you correctly, Alex? Yeah, and like yeah. I feel like connectedness with like um, friendships, like with people here in New Hampshire. But it's just like this whole like crazy word when people say like, "Oh, I love you." It's kind of like, "Well, uh, yes, have a good night." You know, I mean, I, I don't really get the uh, the urge to say "I love you" to to really anyone. See, I, I'm about I'm I understand what you're saying. I'm about halfway between. Uh, you know, I'm about halfway towards what Ian is is expressing. You build your own relationships. You can have relationships with friends that are closer than the relationships that you have with your parents. Um, and all I'm saying That's absolutely is, absolutely the case. Oh yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. And in, 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 in many cases, this is the healthiest possible thing you can do because you've got to pursue what you think is right, and and that's just absolutely. the way it's got to be. And I think pursuing a defunct relationship. With people, in this case, parents that are not um, th- th- that you're you're not really feeling you're growing from right. is well not positive. It's not something that you should spend your time on. You only have so much time and effort that you can spend on various different things and relationships. And if you don't feel like you're getting a good return on your investment, then I don't think that you should continue investing your time in people that there's no real reason to be investing it with. And I'm and I don't. The, the whole they they've got your blood thing doesn't well, there's, mean there's anything. More, I need to expand on that. The the only thing that that I would like to bring up is is just this: when you experience the fact that they are gone and everything is irrevocable, you can't. There's nothing else that you can do. Um, it it maybe maybe you would disagree, but something something does come into your mind that you say, you know what? I hope to a certain degree. Uh, they, you know, the parents that I had, if they weren't, you know, totally abusive to towards you, that they respected the choices that I made. There is, I, there's just an emotional context to it. You, it's almost unavoidable. And and in a way, um, you think about them and how they were treated by their parents. There is, there's a rhythm to it, especially if you're if you're going to be having a family or anything like that. There is, there is something to that where you say. Okay, you know what? I hope that they understood me as I understood them. Uh, they understood that we disagreed. As long as I wasn't abused or something like that, you know, they respected the choices that I made. Yeah, it's almost it's just this a strange emotional thing that you can't really avoid, especially when you know your parents are, you know, you 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 reach the mortality of your parents. You say, "Geez, you know, okay, well, there's nothing else I can do now." And that that's yeah, well, just they, something I've experienced, you know. They respect the decisions that I make, like moving to uh, to New Hampshire for the University of New Hampshire. They don't necessarily know that the, the the one of the only reasons why I moved here was because of the Free State Project. I told them that UNH had nice facilities and labs, and it's a great educational facility. I didn't really know too much about UNH. My mind was set on. New Hampshire. Well, it seems to me that the impression that I get is that you're making some choices. It is in your mind. I mean, you called about it. So there is something ticking in your mind about, you know, how do I deal with these sorts of thoughts and so on. Uh, you, you know, just let some time pass and, you know, you know, let the waves come across and see how you ride them. Right. Yeah. The reason that you moved to Free State Project, I get um, the whole New Hampshire thing. I think that's fine. What I'm saying is I've said the exact same words that you've said. 
and uh, they've come out of my mouth, and I felt later like I wish I would have hedged my bet a little more with my dad. Like, the guy was a jerk, all right? And I still can say, as he's lying dead, moldering in the ground, he was a jerk. However, he was an important jerk to me, and I wish that I had, you know, known him a little better. Okay. Mm. Any other thoughts tonight, Alex? No, thank you for entertaining my call. Thanks for the call. I can't say that I want to know my mom any better. And you know why? Because she doesn't want to know me. Yeah, that's yeah, right. There you, you go. Know, and, the and door swings both ways. And no, you got to respect that. Big the door time. only swings your way, dude. It only swings your way. Don't worry about it. What are you talking about? Yeah. That's yeah. nonsense. I've sat down at dinner with her and asked her question after question about her life and the things that she's interested in and shown interest in her well, and the nice things that, that you she gave her does. your timeline. What? It's nice that you gave her your timeline. What's that supposed to work to mean? under? Well, what's that, what's that sound like? I'm telling you, you accused me of not being interested in her, and I'm telling I'm not you. Tell, I did not accuse you of that. I said the door only swings your way. And what is that supposed when to you mean? asked those questions of her, which you were trying to do in order to, you know, create a situation where she would then be obl- obligated to you to to listen to your questions or a- ask you questions, and she didn't do it under your timeline, that that still doesn't matter. Okay, so what you're saying is, let me see if I'm understanding you here, because she would not reciprocate in a conversation and show interest in her own son, that I should just keep on you giving do, and, and you spending do time on her? makes you happy. I should keep, oh, well, trust me, I am. I know. I'm just trying to explain my I'm viewpoint. just telling you that if you keep alienating your parents, that at some Not point or another, them. another, you're going to regret I call her on, your, on her birthday, and I call on Thanksgiving, and I call on Christmas. My and God, I call what more could the, a woman ask for? And I call on uh, their anniversary. How is that alienating, Mark? I, d- did I say that you're... A, a I'm fucking letter every you, month? If you keep on doing it, then you're going to regret it. What exactly am I going to regret? You're hmm? going to regret the distance that you created in your family. That's oh, all. I created it? Yeah. Again, how am I creating distance when I've made an effort to it show interest in It takes two people to create the distance, It takes man. two, and she's the one who doesn't give a fuck about what I'm doing. There you go. So who's creating the distance? It's all her fucking fault, dude. It's I'm, all her goddamn I'm fault. I'm not saying it's all her fault. It's I'm all her... No, no. I, you're let's call her right me. now. Get what, her on the goddamn phone. You're it's telling all me. her fucking fault. Now, let's now, talk now, to her about it. I have it. no interest Ian, in talking Ian, to seem, her. It seems to me that you're just saying, look, I put in the effort. She hasn't put the effort back, so uh, I made a calculation to say I'm not going to put the effort in. Right? That, is that unreasonable? I'm not getting anything back. It I'm telling you, you could regret it. Yeah, but but Whatever. I don't see. I don't think it's at that level for Ian. It's it's not. You know, for him, it's it's not. Hey, I've totally discounted this person. It's just like, hey, you know what? Um, she's not. She hasn't shown me any signs yet. I'll keep going with this. You know, medium level. I've tried other things in the past. He's you know he's tried and he's failed or you know and and it's not his fault it's it's clearly in his eyes right. it's like look it's not worth the effort right now and you know you're not discounting it forever if she shows some interest she could or show or interest sure any old time I'd be happy to have a conversation yeah, with her if she's know. if she wants to show interest in uh, something besides pleasantries and, and but, as long as it's <laughs> that's as not a relationship as long as it's not sociopathic or antisocial and it's not a long term hatred or something like that I sort of feel like well hey I don't hate know, the woman I, I pity her yeah all right you're you're compromising um, well, and I, yeah, sometimes I, I, Compromises, sometimes compromises work, and sometimes compromises don't. And all I'm saying, Ian, and I've, I've said this all along, I've said it for years with you, is I'm concerned about you. That's all. I'm concerned about how you're going to feel when you don't have the opportunities 
any longer to tell this woman that that said that um you know she was thinking about the uh this you know she was she she pulled out some of your old uh you know school stuff and she said that she'd support you in anything so she supports you and that woman who did so much for you in those time frames that you're going to feel bad and i don't want that for you man that's all cuz i have it for <laughs> why, me why would uh, why would i feel bad she did what she did. It's her. It was her obligation as a parent. She, I don't owe her anything. She's the one that chose to have me. So why would I feel bad about this? You get to pick, man. You get to choose. I see. I'm not you, Mark, and that's the difference here. You yeah, know, you, yeah. You can feel bad about You're whatever you want. Mr. You can Spock feel to guilty. My Kirk, no, no, no. Kirk. You I, won't I, feel you it. Don't worry. You can feel guilty if you want to about whatever you want to feel guilty about. But for me, I've put effort in. Didn't get it returned to me. And so I've written it off. You know, you see, I, my experience Done. is that I've got my, my own feelings family here has, in New have Hampshire. changed in life. You see, that's my, my experience. Sure, is that mine my has feelings too. have changed over time. My and feeling initially. My expectation. And the my people, was? all the motherfuckers I've ever talked to have said the same goddamn thing. But you think that you're going to be fucking different. You know what, Mark? My feelings have changed, too. I used to be interested in my mom and interested in uh, conversing with her and interested in sharing my life with her. And when I attempted to do those things, she did not show an interest in me. And so I told, you know, I basically said the hell with this. I've got other things. I've got people who are interested in my life and who are willing to spend time with me and converse with me about the things that are interesting to me. And so I don't see why I would feel guilty about that. If anybody should be feeling guilty, it's her for not reciprocating. It's a relationship, and it takes two to make a good one. It's all her fault. Let's can, go can we to read the this calls. Email? I don't want to read the damn email. We've been taking calls here, and we've got more of them. 603-435-1105. You're on the extended edition of Free Talk Live. Hey, Gardner. I'm glad you're there. Hey, how's it going? Who's this? You're it's keeping Keith. these people in check. That's oh, hey, good. Keith. Thank you. Thanks. Hey. All right. Well, uh, you know, it, I, I just, I'm really psyched to be here. So it's really cool. And to know Poor you guys Gardner are out does there. not want to be in between the two of us fighting. Hey, I can assure you but of that. It shows you the, the dynamic ability of, of this program to take calls from you guys out there. I was just going to say, I'm glad you, you're out there. You know, this is really cool because this is like sitting around in somebody's living room, except it's a huge living room. And there are a lot of people with a lot of different experiences. And, and the people are crazy. It's awesome. Uh, so, Keith, yeah, thanks for the call, brother. What's up? So I'm really excited. I'm about to visit my family. Which family? Where? My family in Tennessee, where I came from. I'm, I'm going to head there soon and visit them. I just love my family, especially my mom and my dad. That's They're great. great people. Well, very cool, man. Good. Very I'm glad cool. you have a healthy relationship with your family, Keith. Congratulations. Yeah. And not only do I love them, but also, actually, my favorite book in the entire world is How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World by Harry Brown. It's a fine, fine who book. Who is my mentor. Yeah. How did, it, how did it affect you? Oh, it changed everything. When I learned about these traps, I just started thinking about everything. I thought about every tradition I'd ever believed in, every holiday, religion, the government, my family relationships. And I evaluated all of that, and I looked at my family relationships and, like, sure, maybe I've been hurt by my family before. Maybe I've been beat. But isn't everyone? I mean, come on. They you have to you? love your family. Well, it depends on what your, fa- your family beat you. Oh, well, you know, that stuff happens. It's a but Tennessee thing, huh? The main thing is you have to love your family. I mean, they created no, you. You don't have you know? to. 
no, you, you know, don't have to. It's a, it's a tricky thing. I'm not going to tell anybody else what what he he has to do, obviously. But you know, in my eyes, I can just say what you know what my experience has been. And uh, as you say, everybody has some tough episodes or uh, long term things that happen in their families, and and that's some tough stuff. And then when you get older, you think, okay, you know, we're both adults. We can do each other on a certain level, but you're still not on the same level. They're your parents, and you can't get mm. around that. And so, you know, you still deal with some frustrations, and, you know, sometimes you can chuckle about it and say, hey, man, I'm glad I'm not dealing with that. Other times it's troubling. You know, time passes, and, you know, I'm just glad that uh, with, with my folks, uh, you know, I appreciated uh, a lot of the good things that they did and, uh, you know, uh, spoke out about some of the bad things that, uh, you know, in, in most cases my mom and I would disagree or have pr- some problems, and I tried to stick up for what I thought was right. And um, and hopefully she she seemed to appreciate that. In fact, she mentioned that, and she thought that was that was good for me to have done. So, you know, in, in the end, uh, it's tough. And and you know, everybody, as long as they're not you know tre- really mistreating people and they're they're totally um, they're cruel to you or something like that. You know, I look at it as hey, their parents, they're they're trying to find their way too. You know. Absolutely. It's a a two-way relationship, and it's really hard for parents, in addition to kids. It's hard for everyone. But, I mean, I've heard so many times people said they look back, and they were like, I wish I spent more time with my parents. And their parents are now dead, and they can't. Yeah, sometimes that's that's constructive if it it allows you to take something, a situation that you've got, and, um, I mean, you can't avoid it. You know, like, before my mom died, I I told her, Mom, you were a good mom, you know, and... You know, I'm glad I did that because I think that that had been on her mind a little bit. And, you know, there were some times when I was really upset with my mom when I was younger. And I said, boy, you know, if she were on her deathbed, I'd say something like, you know, you were wrong about this or that. Because oh, I was so <laughs> I was so cool. angry, you know. Yeah. And uh, and it crosses your mind. Like I could, I could slash her with words like, you know. And the, but See, then, I'm, not ke- I'm not cold toward her. I'm not angry yeah, toward her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll talk to her. I'll have a pleasant conversation. I can talk pleasantries with her. It's just that it doesn't seem to be a very effective use of my time. Um, so I'll do the, the bare minimum, I guess, to, uh, to subsist a, a relationship yeah. here. Uh, but it's not something where I'm, you know, all happy-go-lucky and giddy to, uh, to call them. I'm calling out of, an, of a sense of obligation. And yeah, I shouldn't be calling out of a sense of obligation. Yeah. I should be calling because I feel great about talking That's uh, to them. But, but the I don't. the very fact that you're doing it out of that sense of obligation, I, I have to, uh, I have to say, you know, I respect that. A lot. Right. I Mark mean, makes it sound like there, you know, that uh, everything's so completely cold and shut off, and and nothing's been shut off necessarily. It's just that there's not been a reason to turn the spigot on any further, you, because you, if she's given me no reason to do that. And and as I pointed out, she could decide to, uh, you know, to open up and be uh, be interested, uh, and me, we could we you. could further a relationship as a result of that. I have great conversations with my grandmother, by the way, my mom's mom. Yeah. I have conversations with her, and uh, you know, again, more of an, an obligational schedule, but. But I actually want to stay on the phone and talk to her when I'm talking to her because she's, you know, she's fair, she's wise, she's interesting, uh, she's interested in me, and and it's just a completely different dynamic. Let Maybe my mom you, will become more that way over time, but she's not that way now. She wants to talk about and, piano and, lessons and shit. Uh, get your opinion in, and Mark's and Keith, you were talking about uh, how I found freedom in an unfree world. Um, 
all those sort of the, the layers of societal requirements that we always go through, like, oh, it's this holiday, and oh, it's this, and it's this. And, and you know, you're right. It's like we become like Pavlov's dogs when we hear, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town. It's like, oh, I must go shopping, must go do this. And you feel obligated, and if you don't do enough, you feel guilty and so on. How How did reading his book, can you give us some concrete examples on how that uh, changed your way of thinking because I, I find that very interesting and whether or not you found in any instances you were seen as either asocial or antisocial asocial in, in most cases antisocial is against society asocial is just not recognizing those traditions did people find that discomforting to them did they did it bother them um to answer the first part of your question basically i looked back at like every single holiday yeah i had ever um participated in and I just thought about them, and I was like, well, why am I celebrating Columbus Day? I mean, it's, it's really the accomplishment of nothing, something that had already been done dozens of times before then. Celebrating the killing of Indians. They have sales yeah. on Columbus Day. Well, why am I celebrating Christmas? I mean, I'm, I wasn't a Christian at the time. I didn't see the point in celebrating Christmas. And then even as someone that studied history, I knew the fact that um, – you know, Jesus and Christian and Christmas are not related. Christmas right. is well, that's a why. pagan holiday. So, because Christmas really has nothing to do with Jesus. That's why you celebrate Christmas. <laughs> now, taking those changes in your attitude and then putting them within the context of the people with whom you associate can become sometimes problematic when you, you know, you have to explain to people. Well, you know, I don't really – you can either do it in a confrontational way or you can do it sort of in a laid-back way and say, oh, you know, Merry Christmas to you. Or, or How do you handle that in your daily routine when you get to that point? That's a very good question, and actually I was thinking about that, and my mind recently changed. At first, especially about like birthdays, I quit celebrating birthdays. I quit telling people happy birthday, quit buying presents. And then um, recently, since I've been going to the um, the Quaker church in Keene, I've been thinking about love more and understanding and listening to Free Talk Live, and it's kind of expanded my mind a little bit. So now if someone is having a birthday, you know, and and they're like, um, oh, it's my birthday, then instead of being, like, all cold and silly and being like, whatever, or I don't believe in birthdays, I tell them (laughs) happy birthday. Because that's yeah. the humane thing to do. That's the love thing to do. Sure. It's, and and it, Quakers it don't, also helps relationships. And Quakers don't differentiate between days. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think birthdays are probably uh, low on the list. I don't know for uh, specifically. Uh, you know, at this point, Quakerism has is entirely deviated from what it was originally. So, I mean, you know, the people, you know, they, at at one point, Quakers didn't say. Words like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, I was Friday. Say, how would they know when to go to the next Quaker meeting if they didn't know what day it was? Well, they'd say first day, second day, third day, fourth day. And on, <laughs> uh, you know, Sunday is first day. I and, see. And so Monday is second day. And and so they it, so they it gets very the, confusing when yeah. when they refuse to say uh, January because it's named after the the goddess Janus. That's what oh, I was going to ask wow. you because they're god based names. Is because they're god based yeah. names. Um, they would refuse to say uh, Thursday, Jan- um, you know, Thor's day, Janus the the first. They would refuse to say these things. So that instead they would say, um, you know, fifth day, first month, first month, fifth day. Oh God, it's awful. <laughs> and um, you know, I wish I wish the a, a good uh, first day, fifth. Day, you know what? Oh, blah. and and so you know they 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 tended to talk differently. And this is how the Calvinists found them in uh, in uh, Massachusetts. It's you know I know they're Quakers if they say the. 
Wow, my sister was just putting together a, uh, a piece on the Quakers this afternoon for her school, and I wish I had known some of that stuff. I could have told her. That would have been pretty interesting. Keith, any other thoughts tonight? I just wanted to mention that um, there is a Harry Brown Memorial Library and Museum in North Carolina, and I really? was I'm very um, pleasure to be the first person to visit that. Oh, wait, why would it be in North Carolina? If you go to harrybrown.org, you can also visit it. It's free. And Pamela Wolf, um, but, she, but doesn't you know, she live in Tennessee? Pres- I'm sorry, what? You said it was in North Carolina. Didn't Harry and Pamela live in Tennessee? Well, you see, Harry Brown was a smart man, and one of the traps in How I Found Freedom in Free World is the government trap. And so he might have lived in Tennessee and North Carolina at the same time huh. to okay. avoid government situations. Gotcha. I do love that Harry Brown. Yeah, he was <laughs> so you can cool. visit it. Just go to harrybrown.org, and you can find the address to that. That's excellent. Well, yeah. thank you, Keith. I appreciate that. Thanks for calling and diffusing things, Keith. Harrybrown.org, a uh, great website. Uh, certainly, a, 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 as Keith mentioned, he was a mentor to him and a mentor to me, even though I only got to meet him once. Yeah. And, boy, was he tall. Yeah. Maybe taller was, than you, Gard. He was. I, I helped him out in his 96 presidential campaign. Was he taller think, than you? I think he might have been a little taller than I was. He was, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? I f- Screw the email. I no, we're out of time. Okay. Uh, it's late. No, so. it's 1040 already. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's it. Uh, I think we're done for this extended edition of Free Talk Live. Gardner, thanks for hanging out hey, and, lot, uh, and being here with us. And thank you for hanging out and listening to us. And we'll see you tomorrow at freetalklive.com. And Gardner, uh, you can see him anytime at libertyconspiracy.com yeah. as we return you to your previously scheduled programming uh, here in moments. Okay, the, uh, the Free Talk Live interview series continues, and uh, today I've got one of our uh, newer advertisers, and uh, it's Aquasana. It's a whole house water filter system, and I've got the vice president, Houston Tomaz, with me. Houston, are you there? I am. Thank you, Mark. Excellent. So, um, you know, I guess really people need to know more about Aquasana and what it is that you guys do. Oh, well, we do all sorts of water treatment products, but I think the main focus of why you're having me on today was to talk about some of the things that have come out in the news recently, anywhere from us reading reports that our tap water contains other people's nicotine and caffeine that wasn't fully processed by their body and somehow made it back to our tap, to the prevalence of herbicides and pesticides in this society and how it is absolutely having a dramatic effect on our waterways and the wildlife that live there. Uh, I mean, that, that study that had you call me about the smallmouth bass in the Potomac River, 82% of the males possessing ovaries and growing eggs on their testes, that's a pretty scary thing. And yeah, it, it's not strange story. Well, and it's not something that is just reserved to the Potomac River. There was a huge study done by Rutgers University. They went all around the country taking fish out of I think it was over 100 different bodies of water, and what they found was that across the country, 33% of our smallmouth bass and 18% of our largemouth bass are afflicted with dual sex organs. And wondering if that was a, a new phenomenon, something that we had brought on ourselves, or if that's just the way it's always been, they went to museums all across the country and started pulling fish out of formaldehyde that had been preserved since the late 1800s and early 1900s. Yeah. And they, they couldn't find that condition in any of them. And so what what we've been able to determine is that, yeah, when we use estrogen-mimicking compounds, 
your phthalates, your styrenes, your polystyrenes, bisphenol A, the types of chemicals that come out of plastics, plus the types of chemicals that are used in our synthetic herbicides and pesticides, that those do have an estrogen mimicking and endocrine disrupting effect that are going to have those types of effects on aquatic life. When you look at a frog that lives 88%, 90% of his life in the water, of course, it, it makes sense that what's happening to that frog is probably associated with those chemicals that are in the water. Do they affect people? I'm pretty sure they do. When you look around in fifth grade nowadays, Early puberty is something that is absolutely happening. Yeah, I, 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 it, it does seem it, it seems obvious to me that fifth grade girls are stacked these days. I mean, I just it it wasn't it doesn't seem like it was going on when I was in fifth grade. No, when I was in eighth grade, there was one girl in the whole school that had them. I remember her name to this day. I mean, nowadays in fifth grade, it's abnormal for girls not to have them. And uh, one thing that we can re- reproduce these types of issues with in the laboratory are these estrogen-mimicking chemicals. I mean, you put bisphenol A into pregnant rats or into developing rats, and they all start puberty early. In the United States last year, we had 2,000 baby girls under the age of two start their menstrual cycles. What? A big part of that is probably the bisphenol A that comes out of their plastic baby bottles, but also the overall exposure to these chemicals that they're getting in their day-to-day life. If you saw Dr. Oz's big feature on water filtration and the need for it this week, what he said is, ladies, and he wasn't hedging, do not wash your babies in tap water. Buy a filter. And the reason he says that is because besides the things that we know are there, chlorine and lead and how those negatively impact us, there's all these other chemicals. I mean, we use 75,000 different chemicals in our society, and it just makes sense that they're going to make it into our water. Does the it, EPA? Does, uh, does, does rainwater, does it get evaporated out? I mean... Well, when you distill water, basically what you're doing is you're boiling it, and uh-huh. most of the volatile organic compounds are also going to go with it. The reason why they're called volatile is they vaporize at a lower temperature than water. Okay. Now, certainly the worst volatile organic compounds we have in our water are self-inflicted. When you add chlorine to water and that chlorine comes in contact with organic matter, hair, sweat, dirt, urine, bacteria, the types of things it's supposed to protect us from, it changes into a new family of chemicals called trialomethanes. Haloacetic acids are one of the more famous of those families. But there are thousands and thousands of those chemicals that are produced by chlorination, and they cause cancer. We know it. The EPA has set legal limits to 80 parts per billion for them, but regularly your water quality doesn't meet those standards. And they're largely a self-policed industry. The way water treatment in this country works is we take water out of a body of water, whether that's underground or a river or a lake, then we run it through a sand filter to take out all the large particulate, then we pour coagulants in it, run it through another eight foot of sand to get all the rest of the stuff to come out of it, and then we pour bleach in it and send it down to your house. Yeah, that sounds about right. That doesn't take care of a lot of the things in our water, but what it does do is it kills bacteria and virus. That's why we don't have cholera and typhoid and dysentery in this country, and for the most part, You can go get a tap of water in this country and know that you're not going to have something afflict you in your belly and kill you. Well, we also know that over long periods of time, these chemicals are going to have a dramatic effect on your life. I mean, you're 72% water. Your brain's over 80% water. Your liver's over 90% water. So, I mean, it makes sense that the quality of the water that you put both in and on your body is going to have a dramatic effect on your life. I mean, our biggest selling product and the most important one that we have is our shower filter. And people scrunch up their nose and say, what, a shower filter? What the heck is that important for? Well, same. Yeah, I mean, you'd you'd think that it would be more important to uh, put a filter on the tap uh, where you drink that stuff. Well, of 
according to Rutgers University, 70% of the exposure you get to those chemicals in tap water happens in the shower. The average American has 21 square feet of skin. You know your skin absorbs chemicals. You've got birth control patches, weight loss patches, nicotine patches. We know our skin absorbs these chemicals. Yeah. Well, when you get in that hot water, that hot water opens up your pores. It causes your skin to absorb them more readily. And in the case of those volatile organic compounds, you're actually inhaling quite a bit of them too. I mean, in a seven-minute shower, you're going to inhale and absorb through your skin more chlorine than you get from drinking a gallon of the same water. Now, that said, for a health aspect, what sells our shower filters is that we guarantee softer skin and hair in a week, and women absolutely love it. They tell their friends and mothers about it. It makes their hair dye last longer. The reason you feel all dry and itchy when you get out of a swimming pool is because that chlorine, and your shower does that to you, too. You're just used to it. Take that chlorine out. It doesn't have the ability to rob your skin and hair of its essential oils that it needs to defend itself, and holy cow, you're healthier. Now, what else do we get from inhaling those chemicals in the shower? They're far more cancerous when you inhale them. They go straight into the bloodstream through the epithelium in the lungs versus when you drink the water, your stomach acid has the opportunity to break it down a little bit. But we also know that that's 70% of your exposure. Now, you want to minimize that? I sure think you do. A shower filter is a great way to do it. A whole house filter is a better way to do it. Your water is the one part of your environment that you have complete control of. Unlike when you're driving to work and you're sucking on the tailpipe in front of you, you can't really control where you get your air from. Right. Your water, however, comes from one little pipe right into your house before it goes to any outlet where you're going to use it, put your baby in it, put yourself in it, or you're going to drink it. I mean, it's all great and wonderful that the EPA sets these health standards for us. It's another one for us to think about what's really healthy for us. The legal limit for lead in our water is 15 parts per billion. There are known health effects in children at levels as low as half a part per billion. So the EPA set the standard 30 times above where we know there's health effects. And they do that because you've got more than 30,000 water municipalities across this country. And for them to have to meet that standard of supplying zero lead, it would just be prohibitively expensive. We cannot do it. It's not possible. Plus, the government's really bad at uh, regulating the government. Right. And uh, there's two people in the Department of the EPA that are responsible for administering the Safe Water Act. The the water municipalities are required to do their own testing and then tell on themselves if they fail. And we saw how that worked in Washington, D.C. For six years, they threw out failing lead tests so they wouldn't have to notify the population that the water wasn't meeting EPA standards. There were high schools in Washington, D.C. that tested at levels as high as 35 Hundred parts per billion. I mean, you're talking about autism in a glass of water at levels like that. Good Lord. The type of damage that lead does to the brain is irreversible. When you go to our prisons across this country and you start doing blood lead level testing, what you find is that our inmate population has a higher than average blood concentration of lead than the normal populace. It's because the part of the frontal cortex that lead affects is the part that leads to you making decisions. It's like basically making a drunk population. I mean, they said that the one thing we have done to most uh, impressively improve our IQ scores in this country was to switch to unleaded gasoline. Well, we have reduced that exposure to airborne lead, but lead is still a very pervasive problem in this country, and it's in just about every water supply you can test for. Even if the city sent it to you with absolutely no lead in it, when it gets to your house, there's lead solder in the plumbing. If your house was built before the 60s, there's a good chance that you have lead plumbing. And and a lot of the lead that's in your water is actually being added by your house. How do you take care of that? Treat your water right before you drink it. At the beginning of your 
interview today, I said that we have caffeine and nicotine in our tap water. Well, the only tea party I'm familiar with was one that happened in Boston, and that was hundreds of years ago. The only way you get caffeine in your tap water nowadays is because you're not the first one to use it. What goes down that toilet will come back up. What what you use at your house will make it into your water. When you spray that green stuff on your tires because you're too lazy to scrub them and you hose it off, where does it go? It goes down the street and it just disappears. It's not your problem. Well, guess what? That makes it into your water supply. In Philadelphia tap water, there were more than 44 different drugs and other things like caffeine and nicotine that could have only come from somebody else not fully processing them. So when everybody in California gets all up in arms about the gray water and them going from toilet to tap, which is what they're calling it, that they're now going to be straight reusing water, don't think that that's not already happening all over the country. When you flush the toilet and it goes to that wastewater treatment plant, at some point they deem that water safe enough to be released back into our rivers, our lakes, and our streams, and before you know it, somebody else is tapping into it to send it to your house. There's a good solution. Treat your water yourself. you you got a responsible group of listeners. They know that it's their responsibility to feed themselves. If they want that Hummer, don't go to Obama for it. Go get a job and earn the money yourself so that you can buy it. Well, look at the, the exact same way. you got 75,000 chemicals in the society that we use that we suggest or highly suspect are present in our tap water supplies, but yet we only control 100 of them. It's your responsibility to make sure that the water you and your family are drinking consuming when you cook your foods, when you make your tea and your coffee, and most importantly, the water that you're bathing yourself in, it's your responsibility to make sure it's safe yourself. The the country's going to make sure you don't get cholera or typhoid and kill the whole population in a couple weeks, but those other concerns, they're too expensive to worry about trying to take care of it. When you look at atrazine, and we dump hundreds of thousands of tons of this herbicide on the ground every single year. And what does it do? It turns boy fish into girl fish and boy <laughs> frogs into girl frogs. We've got it in just about every water supply that we've tested. I mean, when you go get your water quality report from the EPA's website, just go to Google, type in what's in my water, click on that, go to your state, find your water quality report. You're going to see some atrazine in your water in most instances. I mean, you go to Nebraska, look at their water quality reports. There was a city in Nebraska that had eight different herbicides and four different pesticides in a single glass of water. And right underneath them saying that, it says this water is safe. According to the EPA, this meets all standards. There's nothing wrong with it. And I hate to tell you, but for me and my family and my dogs, there is no safe level of herbicide or pesticide to be in my water, much less eight of them. I mean, when the EPA sets these limits on these chemicals, on how much can be in the water, they don't study how these chemicals react with each other. We know what atrazine does in human studies when all you have is atrazine. But when you add in a little bit of lindane and alkalor and the gasoline active methyl terbutyl ether, we don't know how those chemicals react together. They're probably more like alcohol and painkillers where 1 plus 1 equals 10 than 1 plus 1 equals 2. I mean, we just have no idea. We do not study these chemicals together and what they do to the human body. Same with these heavy metals. Once they get stuck in your body, they get stored in the fat, and they make the cycle. When you get to where you're low on energy, you burn fat. It makes it back into the bloodstream. It does more damage. Then your body freaks out with it and stuffs it back in fat so that it can replay the whole cycle again and again and again. Obviously, the best solution is make sure that stuff's not in your water. I mean, yeah, the less of it, the better, I would think. No, that's right. I mean, when you take care of your water, 
those things that you inhale from your air, your body has a better ability to deal with. One, detoxification is a direct function of water. The purer that water is that you're starting with, the better you're going to be able to detoxify. And if you've got a good, healthy supply of water in your body that's already clean, whatever you inhaled on your way to work, your body's going to be able to process out by using that fresh water. I mean, everything your body does uses water, energy production, detoxification, digestion. If any of your listeners are trying to lose weight, tell them that if they'll just increase their water intake by three or four glasses a day of pure water, they're going to start losing weight immediately. I mean, your body is in a constant state of dehydration if your urine isn't always clear. You're dehydrated. That's the bottom line. And when you're dehydrated, your back hurts because that's the first place your body goes to steal water from is the discs in your back. As you rehydrate yourself, those discs fill up, your back quits hurting. If you have a problem where you're constantly tired, drink more water. You'd be amazed. It's the water going through the cell wall and turning turning that potassium salt that generates your cellular energy. It does make a difference. If you keep yourself properly hydrated, a lot of these little ailments will go away. If you have a child with asthma, please get a shower filter. It does not have to be the Aquasana shower filter. It can be anybody's shower filter, but chlorine... When it's inhaled by children, causes asthma. There was a three-year health study done in England uh, that proves that, that with a three-month period in an indoor swimming pool at an hour and a half a day, the damage that you will find in those kids' lungs at the end of the summer is equivalent to what you would find in a -a pack-a-day smoker of 15 years. I mean, it's scary stuff. The good news is by the beginning of the next summer, those kids' lung capacity should be back to normal. The lungs do regenerate very quickly. But the American Swimming Pool Council recently changed asthma from, or excuse me, chlorine from being a trigger to asthma to actually now being considered a cause. Keep in mind, 52% of the U.S. swim team at the Sydney Olympics declared that they had asthma. I think that's a direct reflect of being two inches above that chlorinated water all day and inhaling that chlorine. I bet it I is. So. so we've given your listeners a lot to be afraid of. Here's the solution. Go to waterfilter.com. Use discount code FTL, Free Talk Live. We've got a special package set up for you listeners. We're going to give you 20% off. We're going to give you free shipping, and I'm going to give you one of our free glass decanters for you to store your water in. That way you're not picking up all those estrogen-mimicking chemicals that come out of plastic. Glass is always best. Again, that's waterfilter.com, discount code FTL, like Free Talk Live, 20% off, free shipping, free glass to canner. And if you want to order over the phone, give us a call at 866-NO-BOTTLE. That's 866-NO-BOTTLE. Discount code FTL gets you that 20% off, free shipping, and a free glass to canner. Now, um, there's there's different types of filters you have. You have the whole house filter. You have the shower filter. Um, could you could you run it down real quick for people and which ones are most important? Because some people have, you know, some people have a hundred dollars they can put towards clean water in their house. Some people have, uh, you know, they. I'm sure they all at this point understand the value of of having their their water filtered. I'm certainly feeling that. But um, I'm just, you know, <laughs> different people have a different amount of money re- available today. If they have Internet access, they have enough money for it. If they have cable TV, they have enough money for it. Go a month without your TV and get two water filters, one for the drinking water, one for the shower. Now, in a perfect world, everyone would have a whole home unit to treat all the water that comes into the house, to preserve the life of your appliances. It's also the only perfect bath filter. It's difficult to get good bathing water because you're filtering hot water at a very high flow rate. Mm. The whole house filter gives you perfect bathing water. It also is going to improve your indoor air quality because you no longer have those volatile organic compounds vaporizing out of your toilet, your washing machine, your dishwasher, and more importantly, your shower. 
then you want to finish that off with a drinking water system to remove any lead that might have been added by the house after filtration. Now, obviously, a central filtration device that normally runs over a thousand bucks, only eight hundred with the discount we're giving out today. Obviously, not everybody can put that in their place. If they have an apartment or if they have a basement or a slab, excuse me, that has no access to that pipe, sometimes it's not a solution. In that case, get the drinking water system. It's normally $125. It's only $99.99 with that discount. It's certified to remove over 100 different contaminants. It does it for less than 10 cents a gallon. Our water filter installs in seconds. If you need help, you call our tech support. They will laugh at you, and then they will help you put it in. It's very easy. It takes less than a minute. And, again, it costs under 10 cents a gallon. That's under 2 cents a bottle for you to make your own water at home. The shower filter costs about 21 cents a day to use it. It's normally $85. It's only 68 with the discount we're given. Uh, if you're only going to buy one filter and you can only afford one, get the shower filter. Like I said, that 70% of your exposure to tap water contamination, run your water through there very slowly and very cold, and you can drink out of the thing. I certainly do when I go to hotels. A lot of people have made that switch going from bottled from excuse me from tap water to bottled water. And if you ask them, can you drink tap water? They'll make a real funny face and say, No way, it tastes terrible. Well, that's the same face I'm gonna make at you if you ask me if I shower in tap water. I won't do it. I used to drink tap water, didn't notice the difference. I had a girlfriend that was spending eight ten bucks a day on bottles, and I said. Forget this. We're going to get a, a delivery service to the house that's much cheaper. What a deal. $50 a month for me to have water trucked into my house like we used to do in the 1700s. Got a pipe bringing it, but that's not good enough. I'll carry it. Well, after being with her for a year, I found this job, and I had already made the switch. I couldn't drink tap water only because of the taste. It just tasted absolutely terrible to me. I thought bottled water was the only solution. I didn't realize what a scourge it is to the environment to the tune of 67 million bottles a day into our landfills. That's 5,500 garbage trucks a day of plastic water bottles that go into our landfills across the country. That is not sustainable. Besides that aspect of it, buying a water filter is a heck of a lot cheaper than bottled water. And back to where I started, though, I cannot shower in tap water now. When I go to a hotel, I absolutely take my shower filter with me. I hook it up, and I say no thanks to that $5 bottle of water in there. I drink out of my shower filter. Huh. Again, if, if you can only get one, get the shower filter. It's under 70 And the bucks. chicks dig it. And the chicks dig it. I mean, when you, when you uh, get your female out of there and she didn't have to use nearly as much uh, conditioner as she normally does and she doesn't have to lube up, lube, lube up with lotion all over like she used to have to, she's going to thank you for it and she might be spending the night at your house more often. You never know. You never know. <laughs> so uh, run, the, run the deals uh, real quick by, by us again and then i got to let you go. i got to get on the air. Oh, not a problem. You can get the whole house filter, normally $1,000 for 800 bucks. Expect installation to run you somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 to 300 It's certified for 300,000 gallons, which is about three to five years before you have to replace it at a cost of 640 bucks. Drinking water filter, normally 125 It's only $99.99 today. You get your free glass decanter. It installs seriously in a minute. Very easy. Or the shower filter, $67.99 today. Also installs in about a minute. Of course, all of our products do come with a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. If you're not happy with it, we'll buy it back. No hard feelings. That whole house filter comes with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it as much as Houston told you you're going to, I will not only buy it back, I will pay the return shipping on the whole house filter. Thanks for having given it a try. And, again, we do appreciate you. Waterfilter.com or 866-NO-BOTTLE. Make sure you use discount code FTL, like Free Talk Live, to get your 20% off your free glass decanter. 
and your free shipping. Now, um, you're, there's, no, there's not much of a chance that uh, Aquasana is not going to be there in a couple of years. You were just named uh, Fortune 500, one of their we, fastest. We made the Inc. 500 as the fastest growing consumer products manufacturer in the United States. Yes, we are a made in America. Congratulations. Company. Very proud of it. We're celebrating our 11th year in business right now. So, no, you do not have to have any concerns about me being here for you when you need your replacement cartridges every six months. Thank you very much, Houston. Thanks for having me, Mark.